La 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 la. Nice. La 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 la. Jar says world. Am I? Oh, yeah. Waveform's showing up. Okay. Oh, good. All right. This is a good show today. We haven't been on for a couple weeks. Yeah, it has been some time. There's been there's been things going on. Yeah, I know. So much so much fucking shit. Oh my god. Dude, I went to Panama this this last week. You did, yeah, yeah. And so you, I I was there with the lawyer David Silver. Uh, Jason Seibert and others, absolutely great. It was a fun time. I, I Jason was putting out some of the live stream. Did he? For, for, Did you see it? We saw a little bit. Yeah. Um, he was putting it on 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 uh, like on Facebook Live. And, Interesting. Uh, apparently not. Apparently the like audio was just shit. Yeah, so it wasn't. It was hard to kind of. Yeah, I only heard parts, bits and pieces. But hey, everyone, this is Joseph, and you're listening to Joseph's World. I'm here with my co-host Sean, aka King David, and I am sad to say Dante is not here with us today. He is out in in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, he's decided to go free Tommy Robinson himself. Yeah. He's going to go to the prison, break him out, uh, or something like that. Punch something. a Muslim, uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's he's, going to be interesting. He's a patriot for for Western he's a, civilization. He is. Uh, Dante is. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, a, he's an advocate. He's a he's a strong advocate. He loves America. Yeah, and he loves Tommy Robinson. That Tommy Robinson more. stuff has been escalating a lot. I, I mean, lately. maybe like uh, the thing I, is, this like you you and I live in a bubble. And the mm. bubble we live in uh, has a bunch of people who are, like, mega into this bullshit. Um, I mean, you know what? It's very difficult because, like, I come from Minnesota, so I've seen, I've seen a lot of these, like, weird sort of Muslim issues um, that, that Tommy Robinson was, uh, you know, trying to bring to light. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, it's, it's a really weird mixing of cultures when you take the West and then, like, a Somalian. Mm. It's not like your normal, uh, you know... I, Mexico to U.S. kind of thing, like right. even that is like not easy. Mm. Th- these cultures are so fucking different. Yeah, mixing them is like it's it's oil and water. There's a reason we call them the East and the West. Yeah. So. Well, but and Islam is even particularly odd because like you have like this religious structure that kind of like like normally I feel like people from other countries might adapt to the country they go to and that kind of keeps their it keeps certain things about them and, and modern from, modern yeah. islam doesn't really do that mm. it it's very yeah I, i'm i'm with you like there's a, there's actually a great joe rogan episode where he like is, is stepped through it by what's the crazy dude that he has on the show the the conspiracist eddie bravo or alex or, the, the one with the like the thin one with the beard ah uh, i mean there's probably it's his friend it's eddie, probably eddie bravo yeah it, it might be it so yeah. like they were talking about it and like I mean, he, he as with anything, like Joe Rogan's very skeptical of anything he says. Yeah. So like they're looking it up, but like he he makes the assertion about like uh, like Muslim inbreeding and stuff like that. So like this huge percentage of Muslims uh, account for like birth defects in the UK, despite being like a, a tiny minority of the uh, of the births generally. I remember that. It's, just, it's yeah. huge. So like I mean, it, it's an interesting. The whole culture like mixing thing is absolutely. Interest, it's the most interesting thing in the world to watch. And mm. it's even weirder when you, like, throw a government on top of it that doesn't want to talk about, like, the problems of, uh, of like, what's going on mm. um, as a result of, like, those culture clashes. Well, that's that seems to be the biggest, like, the, the first thing that is so bad is that, the, like, you have the government and, like, this leftist, I, I guess you can call it leftist, uh, demeanor that like is so uh, doesn't want to offend anybody, doesn't right. want to, like, doesn't want to say anything negative against these people of, of Muslim faith that they're willing to just let them get away with a lot. 
and 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 well, not, I don't know and not even the thing is they're prosecuting them for the crimes, right? They're prosecuting. They're not letting mm-hmm. them get away with things, but they're just not letting people talk about it, which is right. the weirder element. Like that's the like with the Tommy Robinson thing. What scares me is that uh, is is that he's not allowed to talk about the state's prosecutions of these individuals mm-hmm. for God knows what reason. I don't really understand it. And the other thing is, is like in this day and age, it might be. Um, I mean, it's it's a little weird. So like. For example, in the United States, we've always had freedom of speech. Always. Just a thing. I can go out and say mm. the N-word all I want, uh, and you know, people can be offended, but I'm allowed to say it. In England, like, I, I don't know how it fucking works, but like, I guess you get like, kicked out of the country for saying offensive shit. Mm. Well, I, I've heard of celebrities being prevented from going back to the U.K., Right. Well, was it Tommy Lahren? Like some Tommy Lahren went there, uh, yeah. and and she like was escorted out. She describes it like she was like brought to a fence, and then like mm-hmm. they opened it up, and they like, okay, go right. <laughs> well, or like I think Tyler the Creator can't go, and he's a rapper. He can, really, he can't go back to the UK. Yeah, because of like offensive things he said. Really, his lyrics about like women and shit. Yeah, oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, it, but. Tyler the rapper. Okay. No, no, t- Tyler the creator. Tyler the creator. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, Tyler the, the creator. Too. <laughs> Keep it okay. simple. Is it, what is he saying? Anything uh, good? Uh, I I give me some quotes, Sean. Uh, ooh, I'm trying to. Think, I'm, I'm bad at like coming up with the lyrics like on the spot. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like he talks about um, rape a pregnant bitch. Whoa. Have, <laughs> have a talk about like and have a have a threesome snorting Hitler's ashes. Whoa! He has some dark shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like real dark. Yeah, shit. kick him out too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I like that. Guy. Wow, he's probably not allowed in Germany either. Holy shit! Probably not. I think like that's some that's some heavy shit. Yeah. Is that even? I don't even know if it's good. Uh, I like. But it's some fucking of it, funny. He had this song called Yonkers that was popular. Yeah. Um, and in, like in the music video, he eats like a cockroach. Really? And it has like it has like a good beat to it. Like it's I, I like the sound. Wow. But some of the other songs he has, if you get it, if you get into the tracks he has, whatever you call these, you get into it's it. Like, it's, it's like it's like word kind of shit. It's oh, it's like well, it's not your traditional rap of like. Uh, like he kind of like even. How do you find this shit? Are you like I really want a song about Hitler and like snorting his ass? No, 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 no. I just I heard that. I think I heard that Yonkers <laughs> song years ago, and I was like, oh, this that's is good. Uh, is he on I the like, radio? No, I don't think so. All right, that's I don't know how I've heard that on the radio. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Okay, so th- this week Satoshi's, uh, or sorry, Lightning Network mm. um, has really kind of found its footing. It, I well, think you, the last two weeks. It, it's been there's been a lot of growth. Well, people um, are people are finally building projects on it. That yeah, like are, are, they're they're not they're they're like betas, as best I can say. But like they're they're projects that show the possibility of how you can think with Lightning, which is a lot different than what you've been able to do before with Bitcoin. Right. Um. And I think my favorite so far has been Satoshi's place. Oh yeah, I think that's everybody's. That, that's and, like that's well, like for, a big one. That's like the big project. I, I, right it's, now that, I think it's more. It's different for me than it is for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are having fun with it. But I think what I like about it is the fact that like it proves the it, like the microtransaction nature of Lightning. You can put one Satoshi. You can do mm-hmm. one Satoshi transactions with uh with Satoshi's place. Yeah. Which is astounding. Yeah. That's that's like the dream, everybody. Yeah. I think that this is the altcoin well, killer. Like we will see, but like th- like it seems like Lightning Network has is so easy to develop on. Um and it's so like it's it's so quick mm. that I don't see what it addresses all the complaints of the previous altcoins. Right. All of, right? Like they're all like Well, when you talk about like speed of transactions it's and done. cost, like it, it, cost of transaction. That, those issues go away. Like there's no there's no reason for them. Privacy. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be something you can build on Lightning that gives you quite a bit of quite a bit more privacy. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of like issues that people have already kind of addressed about stuff like that that are 
you know, being worked on. Um, but and again, for the most part, like privacy is something that people want, but like to a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't necessarily need like people. People do transactions every day that they're very okay with KYCing themselves with, right? Like uh, PayPal or um, any of these, you know, general uh, transaction stuff that have existed pre Bitcoin. Generally, people are okay with like privacy to a certain extent. They just want like I don't know their neighbor not to know that they're buying like a prostitute in Panama mm-hmm. or like uh, you know like you know simple things like they're buying candy like whatever like mm-hmm. they, they don't care that much about like the privacy of those transactions. Um, you know, then there's like those people who like want absolute, utter, complete privacy. And I get that as well. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, um, th- the majority of people I think are in the former category. Mm. And so like you have Lightning Network, these these coins will be fungible enough oh, yeah. um, and they function on the most secure chain. So, yeah. With the option, with the interoperability option of, of, of other I'm, chains. I'm going to chain. Like, like right now, the... Uh, the the LND the Lightning Labs client supports Litecoin, and if you know, there's other chains and other coins that have said within the last year that they're they're interested in Lightning. Even even Stellar, Stellar said something about Lightning. <laughs> so like, what happens when you have um, Stellar? You, know, you keep developing, boys. Yeah, and like I think uh, so. So with the interoperability thing, like uh, I think Ale- there's a guy named Alex Bosworth that just did a talk about submarine swaps, and he's thinking about applying Lightning across, like essentially like Bitcoin to Litecoin, like Lightning transactions, right? Um, and all of these very creative ways of using, like, you know, using applied cryptography that are, you know, kind of complicated at first, but you start building those, 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 those layers out, um, and you have a pretty interesting, you just have like all these features that have, that have Bitcoin as the fallback. Like, it's, right. it's interesting to see where that goes. There, there, there was even a, um, there was some startup out in the Silicon Valley called CloudSite. That provides like APIs for like image recognition. So you send it like a chair, and it like it'll give you like a word of like blue chair. Okay. So I think some of the use cases they said really? is like you're trying to sell items on a thing. You could just put put up the the item picture, and it might give like a description for you. Or that's the aim. But whether that's a good idea or not, they uh they are trying to they said that they're going to monetize their API with nice. Lightning, which goes back to my thing. So like this is cool that it works, right? And I, I think these projects are fun and they're awesome, but like. What where where do you, what do you think about micropayments? Like, are is this are there like real like is this really useful in a lot of areas? Or I don't like know. What? Like, it's the thing. Like, when we've never had the option to find out, right? So, like, mm. I, I mean, is it useful for most of us? Probably not. But like, I don't know. Maybe machine to machine payments is something that like would be very very useful. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Um, it, it'll be amazing to find out. Yeah, when you're like computer, the, the computer that you trust is the Oracle, and like you load up a wallet with like a, a minimal amount, and you need it to do I don't know um, uh, image recognition or something like that. Maybe that's a very useful sort of uh, thing, right? Yeah, like I have no idea. It, like, is it more useful than credit cards? I don't know. Is it cheaper? I don't know. Yeah, but like it's cool to be able to find out finally for the first time right. with a tech that actually gives us like one Satoshi payments. Yeah, I mean, the, here's the thing: like, there might be things in this world that are worth less than a penny. And I can think of a few of them, like, uh, like there's a number of like these these sites that will like monitor your website to make sure that like you know your uptime is good. Mm. Pingdom is a good one, and the way that they've worked so far is to have like s- monthly subscription models, right? Mm. Um, maybe they'll do a per uh, a per request model instead, mm. where they use Lightning to like you know because instead of it, right now, let's say you're paying thirteen dollars a month, you get forty thousand uh, pings to your site, or maybe more. Like those are sub penny transactions. You, you mm. could never ever like experiment with other ways to do those payments right. before. Maybe you can now. Maybe um, like for example, 
services like AWS might be able to monetize be. better their. Who like, knows? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Lightning yeah. is retarded. Yeah. Maybe microtransactions <laughs> are absolutely stupid. But yeah. like, we can answer that question for the first time. Yeah, that's 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 true. Right. It's, we 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 can now we can now find that out. Right. We have the ability to do that now. Huh. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I mean, like, yeah. I, I like watching it. My favorite one so far is uh, Satoshi's Place, but uh, that there, there's a couple of others. Like, uh, there's Pokotoshi. Pokotoshi. I haven't Pokotoshi. tried that one yet. But, Which uh, is like the Twitch Place Pokemon. Well, you've, seen the, you've seen the Twitch Place, like the Twitch yeah. Plays Pokemon and Twitch Plays, like, whatever. Yeah. So you can, like, pay for instructions uh, to get the... I don't. I don't know how that. I don't know how that one's doing, but it, it's it's interesting. Well, I, I think we should check the uh, check the status. I think there's a like, hang, there's a Hangman one. Um, there's Lightning Gem. Yeah, Lightning Gem is a great one. It's like a a, a verified Ponzi. Yeah, so you you uh, every time you pay and buy the Lightning Gem, the cost goes up, or there's a there's a small chance that it resets. So you so you're everyone's interesting. Con- everyone's constantly like you, a small chance that it resets. So like you could lose. Right, so 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 you buy it with the expectation that like the next person that buys it at a higher so a, price, a, you're going to make money. But but it might a, not. There's like a one in thirty two chance that, <laughs> that, that it resets. It, the value of the lightning gem goes back to like a low, really, really, really low amount, and then you get nothing. Really? But like, I was like, what if you just wrote a script that like like what if you just kept buying it? Like, is that could like could, couldn't that be like perpetually? Prob- probably not. No, because you're, you're buying it from yourself. Well, you're buying from yourself. Yeah, you're like, uh, it's perpetually. Yeah. You'll have the same amount of. You'll have money in your account. Yeah, I guess. I'm a moron. Um, but uh, is there a vig taken by the site? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really. That's know a really funny. Well, the, every, the funny thing too is like uh, calculate. Every, you have to think in satoshis now, and like a lot of the like like part of the bolt uh, like spec proposal is talking about um, like micro like like fractions of a satoshi. So like. A lot of these like numbers are are you have to kind of figure out what it so, is. So so this is interesting. Like I'm looking at the Pokotoshi. So like mm-hmm. just just in terms of like a, a micro payments experiment. Twitch plays Pokemon had very little uh, little difficulty getting uptake. Right now Pokotoshi is stuck on a screen, um, and the only difference between this and Twitch plays Pokemon. Or I guess there's two differences. One um, because it's maybe not endorsed by Twitch. Maybe maybe that's a barrier to like getting lots of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, the fact that there's a payments, uh, you know, like you have to get your payments into the Lightning Network. You have to do that. Um, there's a chance that maybe you know maybe that's enough of a barrier not to even play. So but it's it's an interesting experiment nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like you can basically give yourself permission to make um, make a move based on like paying Lightning is, yeah. is hilarious. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's also like all, all this shit is coming around because like. It's just been in mainnet for like uh-huh. months now. Like this hasn't been around that long. So like, Satoshi Place is kind of easy because you just paint whatever your pixels are, and then like that's like you just you make those payments. Yeah, with something like that, you're you're making. But the scripts that people were building were hilarious. Like oh, I know yeah. I know a guy who's been putting like George Soros's picture on <laughs> yeah. it, just like hilarious. Well, things. Joe, Joe Looney wrote a script and threw it out there yeah. for anybody to use, and just and just and, like it would, it would put your picture on there. Uh, yeah, they're like all. It's like a it's like a fortune board. There was so many funny ones. Someone kept the white paper up there, and then they and like, Tone, Von Taze was on there Von for like Taze. two days <laughs> <laughs> with his hair with his hair, and then uh, like uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin Cash appeared appear uh something like it was something funny like, a beer to beer like shitty system like it was just it was just the whole everything was hilarious it was so fun I saw a demonstration this week of Bitcoin Cash in like a, a video that someone made like a, like a, mm-hmm. a, a faux commercial. Um, and the guy looked like, uh, so someone brought it in and was like, Hey, look at this. It's Mike in space. Cause I thought the guy actually looked a little bit like Mike in space, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, and then like went on to do the whole video. It was, yeah. it was fucking ridiculous. He buys a hot dog with Bitcoin cash and like the payments part where he's like sitting there waiting for the payment. It's like one, two, three, four. 
Okay, paid. Right. And then and then like on the screen it's like one point zero eight seconds. I'm like, that was like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But like more than that, it doesn't matter. Like it's really funny because like that like what is what is that payment signifying? And like most people are fooled by the fact that like payments go through quickly. They don't understand that like you your payment entered a mempool. The mempool recognized a payment, and now like that that payment isn't safe yet. Mm. There's no, you know, which which isn't a big deal when you're buying a hot dog, but that's the same fucking speed that Bitcoin does, like enters a transaction into the mempool. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's absurd. Yeah. Do you understand how this works? The answer is no. Like, the, these things, these blockchains all work the same way. You pay, it goes into the mempool, that mempool transactions, you eventually mined out of the mempool and put into the chain. Very mm. simple. And, uh, and, and so, like, Bitcoin Cash works the same way. It's the same, I mean, it, it was the same fucking code. So, like, guys, right. like that, that's not a one-second transaction. That's, like, a 10-minute transaction yeah. still. You've mentioned that, like, the B- the Bitcoin Cash community will probably, like, there's a the high probability that it would divide again with Roger Ver. Has to. Go has, to has to divide. And it might be due to the success of the Lightning Network where they want to implement that and, like, Roger would take a huge stance against it. He might. Or that, maybe. He I might. Could, I don't I know. Like, see that Veer, being, like, Veer's, a, thing, Veer's like, a politician. He doesn't actually, like, Veer wanted to be in control, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And I, I think he's in control. So, like, maybe maybe now that, like, he's in control, Lightning Network's a good idea. And maybe SegWit's a good idea. I don't know. Maybe they'll call it something different. Maybe they'll call it, like, Butt Cash Network. Yeah. <laughs> lightning Butts. Yeah, right. The Lightning Butts. Yeah. Um, cash okay. Butts. So, so there, there's a bunch of APIs being tied into the Lightning Network um, and, and also well, into the, these projects. Like, Satoshi's Place, I think, does it have an API? Uh, yeah. Well, that's how you... That's how you... That's how, so, you... you, you you'd, You'd make the transaction, like the API allows you to like. I, I gotta say, it's put up like a bunch of pixels. Bitcoin and, like, is Bitcoin like, is yeah. hilarious to me because there are so many shitty developers. Mm-hmm. You want to know where they are? They're developing for Ethereum. They're yeah. putting their <laughs> shit into ICOs. Um, they're developing for like a lot of these tangential peripheral like Bitcoin projects. Yeah. And then and then there's some really high end, amazing, incredible cryptographers and developers that are doing other things. And they're they're making things like Satoshi's place, mm. uh, like they're they're building these like APIs overnight. Like it it is amazing to me the amount of work that people are doing in this space and like the speed at which like Lightning has gone from like nothing to something. Mm. So I mean like we will see, but I have a feeling that when we talk about the Internet of Value, like the the uh, Anders and uh, 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 what's his name, the the Internet of Value uh, and. Antonopoulos. 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 God damn it! I forget because I hate him. Yeah. No, I don't hate him. Um, I I do hate him. I I, I can't do. I can't do his voice. Otherwise, it would have been like Bitcoin is money. (laughs) But like Antonopoulos talks about like the Internet of Value. That that is in like when I look at the Lightning Network, that is what that fucking looks like to me. That is that is like speedy transactions. You know, moving things from here to there very quickly. Um, you know, you get paid. You're promised a payment, basically, and and like that money is out of your wallet and someone else's. Um, it's it's a weird sort of system wherein like you have this uh, like proof of stake, if you will, system built on top of this proof of work system. Um, it seems like the dream. Everyone wants that. Uh, and and meanwhile, you have the giant machine of Bitcoin operating underneath it all. So like when people talk about like. Uh, the the technology uh, underneath the, the Bitcoin mm-hmm. uh, that underlies Bitcoin, I think finally that phrase has some meaning. Yeah, because like Lightning Network is on top of Bitcoin, and then there's the technology behind Bitcoin, which mm-hmm. is the blockchain. And that machine, the blockchain machine, is running every ten minutes, 
and lightning will scale and grow, mm-hmm. and hopefully. And uh, and meanwhile, uh, you know, you can pass Bitcoin across the lightning channels, mm-hmm. and uh, and the machine can continue to operate. So, like, you now have a technology behind Bitcoin because Bitcoin, if if all things go well, will likely become the Lightning Network. That will be the Bitcoin that we know. Yeah. Everyone will onboard onto the Lightning Network. That will be like that would be the dream. Yeah. Right? So like you're a prostitute, you're going to your Bitcoin ATM, you're given a Lightning Network address, you're on the Lightning Network already, you don't have to ever settle the chain. Um, there's no transaction fee that these BTM operate. So it'll make BTMs cheaper or maybe they'll just extract more uh, value. I don't know, uh, for profits, but it should, it should mean that a lot of things can happen in Bitcoin that hadn't previously happened. Um, which is just remarkable. Oh yeah. It also could like, it also could have a hilarious turn of like, like, like the next pump of like all of these shit projects doing like lightning, like, like, like me, like, it follows like Bitcoin in lockstep, of right? Like, you know, we want to we want to also have an implementation. Well, I just like I do but like I do like the idea. But of at the same these, time, like, it's like why 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 do you need anything else? And like you said, like we're just going to build with this, and I, it's right. I like the idea of these like coins that are like we have sub three second transactions, like like Stellar. Like, why do you need Lightning, yeah. Stellar? I thought you solved that problem already. Right. What is it? Why yeah. why do you need that? Right. Is it because it's pumpy? Yeah. And because like this, the, like you didn't actually solve those problems. Is that possibly the case? And the only thing that has solved a lot of the problems that everyone have, has like talked about over the last few years is Lightning Network. Mm. That seems that seems to me to be the case. So I'm very curious as to what this does to liquidity of altcoins, what it does to liquidity of Bitcoin. Mm. Um, I think I think that it's going to get weird very soon. Mm-hmm. Very very soon. Okay, isn't um just because like I, I want to. I'm interested, like, off the top of my head, of thinking of, like, all the reasons from the competent people why Lightning Network has, like, serious issues. Like, I think Luke S. Jr. is kind of skeptical of, of it. I, I don't I doubt say. that. Um, I'm sure that it is scaling issues of well, all things. Because, like, it, it, is, it is the project. Know. Like, we're going from a Bitcoin of, like, I don't know, uh, you, me, and, and, like, Dante. We're the only ones that use it. Mm-hmm. To a Bitcoin, hopefully, that, like, millions and millions of people have the opportunity to use. Right. And so, like, I, the first question you're going to have as a developer is, like, how, how do you scale that? Because, like, mm-hmm. Luke Dash is probably going to look at it and be like this. Like, there's probably huge scaling issues with something like this. And, and to be fair, there are issues with it right now with the software. Like, like finding around. Like, so, like I, I was playing with uh, the Sea Lightning implementation. A little bit, yeah. And um, there were some connections that you because you, you want to connect like a channel to like a node, like so, like just so as place for my lightning node to hit. And, and to it fa- probably fails. And, and sometimes it fails because it, has, of the time. it has issues finding that that route. But like that's just it's just it's the software. Well, it's in its infancy. You know. So like yeah, I mean like that, that's Francis Coppola's point is that like this is going to happen all the time. But you know we saw it a few weeks ago. Visa network went down. Yeah. I mean, right. but oh, like, yeah, that, v- that, the thing is, that has, Visa that, yeah. has more uptime. It's going to because it's centralized at the moment. Uh, a decentralized network is going to be more robust than Visa eventually if you can get the uptake. If you can't, then it's fucked, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're you're going to have failed payments all over the place, which you can't have in a payment network for the most part. Um, but like, eventually, it's going to be very difficult to find examples of failed payments if this thing gets uptake. So, I mean, I think that'll be amazing. Mm. I think that's incredible. The internet did this. It was a lot more difficult years ago to get on and do things on the internet because you had to have a 16 year old boy hook up like shit to his in his basement so that you get on like the Usenet server or whatever yeah. the hell it was. Like, you know, you wanted to send an email. Like three days later, it would show up. At least it was free. It didn't cost you 32 cents, but it was just a shit system. Yeah. Um. But like now, I mean, I look at Lightning, and we're going to talk a little bit about about this stuff later. But like Lightning 
streaming solves a lot of the problems of the chains. Like, so like Ripple, for example, talks about like removing the Nostra Vostro account, which is an expensive account for banks to have. Essentially, having currency whoa, whoa. in every single. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't know if I've heard that word. So what? Nostro Vostro. <laughs> I, I learned. I learned this recently too. So like, okay. apparently, these accounts. I mean, it's essentially for banking, and I'm sure someone's going to correct me, but like banks that are doing uh, like movement of money have to have these. Uh, you know, basically have to have some money in every single currency. So Ripple is is the the entire Ripple solution is that like instead of having a Nostro Vostro account, what you or Nostro or Vostro accounts, um, what you do is you just use the bridge currency of XRP, <laughs> and like. I, I I still I mean like I, people will show me these examples like didn't you see it happen like at Money Twenty Twenty they did an example so like I'll go on a look and it'll be like okay here's us we're gonna do a payment right now to the such and such bank in Mexico so they do it and it's like okay goes from U S dollars to XRP to peso um I, I think this is U S U S dollars to XRP to peso and then magic it's arrived in the bank right. There's like, and I'm just, it, I'm like it, well, guys, like, there's still a settlement that has to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still have that intermediate step. There's that, still a settlement so, that has so, to happen. So is Ripple actually talking to banks about using XRP? Because I, I, Only, I see this bipolar Ripple. No. Of like, we, we, we're, we're, we, we will tell you and we'll work with the XRP token, and then, like, they distance themselves from it. Banks are only using the messaging platform. There's, only, there's a couple banks that are experimenting with XRP. Like, I think, uh, I, I don't remember which one it was, but there was a bank that, like, they uh they released uh they released a document or like saying that they were in fact experimenting with it and then they said that like the XRP provided absolutely no like benefits, um and it doesn't as a bridge currency it's not a real idea it doesn't like yeah. provide benefits if you want a bridge currency use like SDR something like that that's act- like like do a basket of currencies or something like that but like I don't know that you need a bridge currency but if that is a solution then Swift can implement a, an SDR basket of currencies tomorrow or something right like I, I it, it seems obtuse to me to think that Ripple matters in that in, in that sense more than the fact that like Lightning Network solves all of those problems as well you could just use Lightning yeah. you could use a counterparty in Lightning yeah oh yeah. Well, that's that. That's that's the thing to like see here. Like, if you want, if you want these stable coins, you want these tokens. You want this. You want these tokens that can operate on a blockchain that represent dollars or SDR or whatever. Like, we 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 have that, that capability now. You can you could do counterparty with Lightning, but I don't think it's even relevant. I think that you can just do this with goddamn databases. I right. don't think that you need Why to have need like a, a goddamn blo- blockchain. Exactly. You don't need this on Bitcoin. And the other thing to go back to Ripple and Swift, like Ripple's trying to be like we're going to disrupt the Swift network. But Swift, if they actually feel like Ripple is 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 somewhat of a comp- competitor here, they're just going to up the ante with whatever well, this like, technology right. is. And like, oh, well, we'll, we'll implement Lightning Network. Right, it's all open source. What's stopping them from like being like, well, we we have all of the we have the entire network. We, we did have it the today in an hour because You're we have, we just put yeah. all of our programmers on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, it is it, it's it's an obtuse claim. Like Swift is a pretty cheap network for them to operate right now. Ripple is not a cheap network, um, and yeah, I, I don't see why Swift couldn't just move forward with all of this. Oh yeah, like Swift could do implement most of these things. Um, but if if, if, a, if they needed to go that far, but the yes. point is, is that it, you, it, it's not even offering anything better. Just have a centralized solution, and like if in fact Bitcoin or any if the bridge currency is necessary, make it Bitcoin. Yeah. You don't need XRP. It's it's very funny to me that like this like you know it, here's the thing if Ripple adds anything new to like the process of settlement, which I doubt they do, oh, yeah. then you can just implement that in Swift. Mm. The reason Swift is efficient is because it's a goddamn consortium of blank banks. Mm. Like it's hard to beat a nonprofit that is run by for profits that want to spend as little as possible. Essentially, that like 
the the Swift uh, the the goal of Swift is to make these transactions as cheap as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be difficult for another thing to come and uh, to to supersede what what these systems can do. Mm. Especially considering that like if if they do, then why like Ripple's open source? Just take the Ripple uh, take the Ripple code right. and just implement it. Yeah, remove like the need for consensus or like do whatever the fuck like kind of consensus they have. Yeah. Um. Since you know you're, it's a like closed door consensus regardless, and just like implement it with your banks. Yeah. You're good. We're done. Yeah. You don't need the goddamn XRP Foundation. Right. And also think of like the or po- the risk of Ripple. Yeah. And, and and like one of the things that I think that one article talking about the two pointed out like the privacy concerns which which you've talked about we've talked about. Banks don't want to necessarily know oh, the yeah, transactions with each other. So Ripple's like how are completely you- open. Like you can see everything. Yeah. So you're going to trust them? Well, Ripple said that they'd address that concern back in like 2015, which I, I doubt they That's did. That's bullshit. Um, but like people, dude, I will tell you, I have never seen anything like it. When I comment about Ripple on Twitter, I get like tons of people jumping on my throat. You've, I, yeah, you've been I don't even mean jumping down, jumping on my throat. They're like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and like they're dicks. Like <laughs> they will not have a conversation. It's like, you're, you're stupid. Like, okay, fine. Like, how does Ripple settle? Yeah. It took me, like, three weeks to get someone to answer how they think Ripple settles. And then, like, I try to walk them through why I don't think that that's quite settlement. Um, they just, they, they won't, like, you're just stupid and closed-minded. And I'm like, well, explain to me why it's settlement. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to explain it. And, like, the, when, when, the, when you hit, like, a question that I think is difficult, or at least that I don't understand, they just kind of, like, they close down and refuse to answer it. It's very, like, weird, like... Church and Galileo bullshit. Mm. It's very strange. It's hard. To, it's hard to interface with them. Well, it's just like nobody. Even... Nobody will. Nobody will explain what this shit is. Yeah. Um. I don't think that it adds anything. Maybe it does, but I don't think it does. And uh. And and when I ask people what it adds, like they'll they'll tell me it's very complicated. Took me years to understand. It's not that complicated. This is about like how bank accounts work. So like, mm. draw me a fic- like a fucking picture. Yeah. Just draw me a picture. How does this work? How does it remove these accounts? And 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 what was the actual expense of these accounts previously? Yeah. Just draw 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 on the thing do, where, do we, where they touched you. you know? Do we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show me where they touched you. Do, do you do we have anything in here on uh, on Vanguard and their use of blockchain? Uh not here. Okay, no. we, we have is to talk about. Is that. there something new that happened? Well, okay. So, so Symbiont, Symbiont has a contract with Vanguard. So, there, so here's well, what that, happened, that, that, and that, that's from a few months ago, right? Just yeah. to clarify. Okay. So here's yeah. here's what happened. I got an email this week uh, from the University of Chicago. Uh, they had a a a blockchain, or they had a fucking hackathon, not a hackathon, a bit like an MBA, like business pitch competition. That was it. Oh. And the, and, the, and the team that won was this team that was <laughs> that was doing a four hundred one k like transfer stuff. Okay. The claim. That they were making was that like millions and millions of dollars are lost every year, just like poof, out of, just gone. Um, when banks try to move four hundred one k money between each other, like if you want to move your four hundred one k from like uh, you know Fidelity to you know Vanguard, right? Apparently, just the money goes poof and just disappears, and nobody knows where it is, and it can never be recovered, just gone. So like they've, they 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 use blockchain technology to solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I, I don't know anything about four hundred one k stuff. I I but I. I call bullshit on that. That doesn't sound plausible. Yeah. Um, but even if it is, fine. Okay. So one of the they cited like, well, this would be good for like Vanguard. So I was like, I, I thought Vanguard was already implementing a blockchain technology. The way it was stated in the article sounded like this group was working with Vanguard. So I was like, okay, I want to go see if this is the group that was working with Vanguard or who it was and what Vanguard's blockchain solution is. So I go and look, find out that Vanguard has a contract with Symbiont. And this this is where it gets a cr- just fucking absurd. Okay. Vanguard says that it used to be 
that the way they would up <laughs> the way they would update indexes and the prices of indexes is at the end of the day they had a bunch of people sit at a computer and like key them in. What? Yeah, that's what I said. No, that's bullshit. No way. No way. Not a chance. Okay, but here's what here's here, there's this there's this magical computer at the University of Chicago that does this amazing thing, which is that it updates prices automatically. Okay. Okay. So and it just it does it quick with like it low, does it automatically. Very, it's like fifteen yeah. second late lag time or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it might be zero second lag time. It's just it's very fucking quick. Okay. Um. But it, 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 it's at the University of Chicago, and that's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing feat of technology that we can update in real-time index prices by a computer. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to do, apparently. So, uh, so Symbiont... It's just 500 calls to... You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Symbiont sets up a blockchain, and their blockchain pulls data from this computer at the University of Chicago and updates the prices. Vanguard subsequently... <laughs> grabs real-time price data from Symbion's blockchain. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rather than just using the just goddamn computer. computer. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. That's such a... That's so, that's such, that's so stupid. It's so stupid. That's the dumbest thing ever. It's so but, dumb. From, first of all, okay. <laughs> the, 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 the Vanguard not using that computer and just getting the price data from that computer. Well, there might be lots of reasons why. Okay, so I was thinking about, like, it might be what? that... that It might be, like, a computer at some professor's desk. All right. So first of all, you have a few problems. Number one, like that data is corruptible. It's like really like it probably isn't going to be corrupted, but like it's corruptible. It's it's probably on some dick's computer and uh, probably can't handle more than like one connection. So like I think what's going on is like Symbiont is uh, basically being the only computer with access to that computer. And I think they're just storing it in like a, probably an AWS machine or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, Vanguard is pulling from that machine. So it does serve a function in that my guess is that if Vanguard were using that computer, my guess is probably some guy's computer and it's on his desk. And like it would probably just explode the like the internet at yeah. University of Chicago or in that guy's office. So like maybe there's a service here. But I just think it's funny that, like, whatever the reason is, is that this is what we have regressed to in terms of what we call blockchain technology. And, it, and it's just blockchain-flavored better IT. Like, that's that's all that is. Well, it's just... It's, it's, it, it, it's not... It's goddamn blockchain. It's just like, a, it's if a they, server. If that, is, if that is actually the case, and, like, they're, they're, they are offering, like, something there. It's just... It's well, just, it might be that... Like I said, it might be that they never were able to pull the data. And, like, the reason was is, like, they probably approached this guy at the University of Chicago. Because I know, like, Vanguard has very close connections with the University of Chicago. They probably had, like... He's like, hey, I got this, like, real time data and they're like can we pull it and he's like i don't like how often do you want to pull it they're like every second and he's like I-, I don't think that my computer can handle it and like i don't have a grant in order to like you know uh you know expand the department and you're not the only one that wants to grab that data it's like 14 other institutions so i'm just going to keep it for myself for now that might be the case but like it is so funny to me that that is where we have regressed yeah. that's it that's a blockchain yeah oh yeah that's that's such a <laughs> it's a crock of shit yeah <laughs> Like and Simbad's doing it. So like fucking Krellenstein. Like does, yeah. does he does he what does he think about that? Like, he probably thinks that he's doing good blockchain work. <laughs> Holy oh fuck. God. I was I was just like, oh my god, really? Like that so like so Symbiont went around the world and they preached blockchain. They looked for every product, they knocked on every door, yeah. and the the the, <laughs> the only use they found so far. Uh, after attempting Delaware and a number of other things, the only use, as far as I know, that they have found so far is to grab data from a computer at the University of Chicago and feed it back to Vanguard. Yeah. 
Revolution. I, uh, right. It's fintech. Well, did you see my <laughs> did you see my my, my uh my, my blog post this week? I, I've been trying to do something where I go through like a white paper. Okay. And I just sentence by sentence break it down. I try mm. to like just kind of like explain what this thing is about. Because it's an art, it's it was some article full of like stupid. Well, it was from Stanford. Music. Oh, okay. it was a Stanford like white paper on like where the technology of blockchain is going. So I was like reading through it. And I'm like, okay, so this like if you look at my comments, like this entire uh, paper rests on their definition of a blockchain. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they say, um, the, the like blockchain is 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 allowing us to do things we've never done before. A good example of this is in Estonia, where they've been using blockchain since 2008. Oh yeah, that part stood out. Yeah. So like, like what? so then I was like, well, here's your definition. Apparently, blockchain. Like we think, I think that everyone agrees that the first blockchain was Bitcoin, which started in 2009. Yeah. The source code was released. Um, I mean, the, the, the white paper was released in 2008, but like that's neither here nor there because I think the Estonia project was probably like earlier 2008, anyways. Mm. Um, so the white paper is released in like November, and then like it's launched in what January. Um, so like you know, if we agree on that, then like how could the Estonian project be considered a blockchain right. unless our definition is so broad that it no longer matters and that just everything that uses like PGP signing is now a blockchain? I think they're trying to like I think there's like this revisionist thought of like revising what a blockchain is. Well, later and, on, and, and they'll say that Bitcoin was the first like proof of work blockchain. Well, no, that, so or here's something the thing. or something later like on. Yeah. Later on in the paper, like two chapters down, they say like history of blockchains. And like it's widely acknowledged, and also by us that like Bitcoin is the first blockchain. And it's like okay, so you knew that, you yeah. fucking idiot! What a moron! Holy shit! Yeah. So how, where, 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 I don't know. In Estonia, I don't know. What? Like what the fuck is that? Estonia is using like PGP signing for their like their 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 citizens. They give you like a they give you like a hash on your on your ID, right? Mm. That's it. Yeah. Um, they give you a hash, and you now are apparently on the blockchain. It's on your ID. So I don't know, like I like I don't know where they're getting this. I think it's, it's absolute insanity, and it's a Stanford paper. Like it's yes! it's one thing if it's some reporter. I think getting what a, I think a ripple. Wrong. I think a ripple advisor is on is on the author list though. Mm. So like, it's it's a little bit like, but but man, oh man, oh man. I don't know how that like gets through editor uh, editorial review. Yeah. Um. I don't know how it ends up getting like, someone paid to have like nice pictures put in it and shit. It, yeah. It's an insane insane paper. And then they go through all of these uh, blockchain projects <laughs> and talk about like with so so like when people say it begs a question like I, I generally don't like that because they use it incorrectly. Begging the question usually is like uh, like assuming a premise that doesn't exist. So all of these all of in this paper all of the all of the examples they give of like great blockchain uses or potential blockchain uses are these like things that beg the question of whether it works. And they they certainly believe that these things are already like good ideas, um, and they're all they're, like the, the humor in it is they'll give examples of like provenance, right? They'll say like provenance is coming, and then and then they'll, they'll say the reason that this is important is because right now provenance is like disparate, like information is fucking everywhere, mm. every fucking place, but now. Because of these 47 projects that all look like they're going to be successful and all have a different protocol for provenance, we finally have a centralized way to do provenance. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> no so, one has thought through this. Yeah. They, they haven't given any thought to like what, what, that, what that really like go, comes down to. Like, well, it goes, just, it goes that guy who became, uh, he wrote that article, I beca- How I Became Leonardo da Vinci on the Blockchain, which is, is an yeah. obvious fucking thing, right? Yeah. Like, he submitted the Mona Lisa as his, and it got hashed, approved, and then now it's like, it, he's the author. Yeah. It, it's as if they live, like, what, 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 what operating thought do they have where, like, people are not going to just 
like like how well, people operate on the rhetoric, Sean. So, like, for years they've been told that uh, that blockchains are an immutable truth machine, mm. right? So, if if information's in them, it's immutable, can't be changed, and it must and be it's, and it's it must true. be true. Versus and and what, that and I, that every ten minutes that blockchain asserts that truth. Yeah, right. But it's false. Right. It's not truth if you put put fucking lies into it. Right. Anyone can put <laughs> anything into the blockchain. Anybody. Yeah. And the blockchain reinforces nothing about the truth or the veracity of like that that thing that's in it. All it does is every ten minutes it stamps into the the, the history of the world that whatever was put in it was put in it. Mm. There is not a statement, a qualifying statement beyond that. Whenever consensus happens, mm. nothing more. There is nothing more to it. It's not saying that this is true. It's saying just that this is in the blockchain. Yeah. That's it. And it is true that it is in the blockchain. That it is as much truth as is asserted every ten minutes mm. on Bitcoin. So I find this to be it's it's a weird like a weird thing to watch people like do these things. These provenance projects are obscenely stupid, um, and like they're going to rely on like RFID sensors. Okay, great, great. Remove the fucking RFID sensor and put it on like you know well, my well, asshole. Well, how do you guarantee the RFID sensor is going to like put truth into? thing well, like, you know, what's, what's ironic to, to me truth. right what's ironic to me is that the way that all of this is going to end up is that people are going to build these quote-unquote blockchains and what they're going to end up doing is having machines do things like pgp sign mm-hmm. and they're going to say see it's a blockchain he's pgp key signing right and they're gonna be like that's what mm. what like i know that that's the thing because he signed it it's like so yeah that's not a blockchain it's not interesting you could do that with the database you can do that with any like we have come here and we are so excited about this like technological revolution built around what is what now amounts to databases. And for the first time in history, humans uh, have every single person is interested in how databases work. Mm. And databases are fucking cool. Yeah, but they're not blockchains, <laughs> right? Well, but it, it almost seems like so with the Leonardo da Vinci thing, like all. If they actually implement these systems, they're, they're, you're going to have a period of time where the abuse is going to be hilarious. Well, it'll be funny. They're going to have like, to do things like make it illegal to abuse the system. Right. Right. It'll be a crime to, like, PGP sign something that, like, you know, like, and, and the funny thing is about things like copyright. Sure. Okay, great. Um, I want to get a guy, I want to get a copyright lawyer on here um, at some point to talk about, like, the possibility of uh, copyright. I've been talking to a company called Image Rights. Um, they use the blockchain to verify, like, the existence of photos. Oh, okay. So they're actually... They do it. They're but actually... Do you, know, like, do you know what? They, they're copyright agents. So you actually do the full-on copyright. And Joe Naylor, uh, the co-founder of Image Rights, has some amazing pieces on uh, on the limitations of blockchain copyright and how it doesn't work. And uh, and given my history, like I think it'll be a great back and forth about like how it is that blockchain does not solve the problems of copyright mm-hmm. because no matter what, you're still going to have to go to court. And no right. matter what, you're still going to have to assert the truth of what you said. And no matter what, you're still going to have to have a copyright document because that's what's necessary in order to like go after somebody who has stolen your images. Right. And what's more is that most of provenance is based on whose rights, who's, who has rights to the thing. And I think most libertarians don't believe that, like, for example, with copyright, that that's like stealing, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I think that I was of that opinion a few years ago, too, by the way. So, so that like if something's copyrighted and you take it, it's it's not really considered it's not really theft. A lot of people won't consider that theft. I I, well, I, it, I have changed my opinion on that over okay. the years. Well, because it, it's one of those it's one of those ideas of theft that is like not it, it's not unilateral. Like, like well, like, I think we need to change the understanding of what is theft because like yeah. there's a simple argument that people make, which is like when you steal something from somebody, 
Like if I steal your shoe, you no longer have the shoe, mm. right? In images, it's different, right? Because like you can take my image and now we both have the image. Right. Okay. But like, you know, what we don't have is I don't have the ability to like uh, display that image unilaterally, which was what I was, you know, buying when I, when I made that image, mm. that was the right that I was purchasing. That was the thing that I made was my ability to like display that image unilaterally and in a way that I only had control of. Um, so like in a sense, like if, if for nap, if you take my image, you're attacking me and mm. I can punch you. Yeah. No. Um, but like, it, no, it, it is though. Like you are, you are taking my opportunity to like profit off of my artwork and then the thing that I made, you're mm. taking that ability away from me in a way that is indefensible for me. I can't prevent it. Mm. So it's a, it's a weird kind of theft and it's a different kind of theft than like me stealing your shoe. Right. Oh yeah. It's, it's very different. And it's weird that like it's it's still it's a new, it's a newer concept I guess in in, in our in our modern 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 thought. But I it seems like the law is pretty. Well, the question is what what it, is right? the damage? It, the law is so sophisticated around it. The mm. law the law is like nuanced and interesting, and it's not like it's not simply like something that you can just like you know like what what do people think is going to happen? You're going to like put it on the blockchain, then you're going to go to a court and say like this definitely existed. Here's the hash. Here's when it existed. Um, okay, great. Okay, who made it? Mm-hmm. I made it. Do you have evidence of that? What's in the blockchain? It's in the blockchain. But that's not well. That's not evidence of the fact that you made it. Do, how do I know you made it? Right. Well, it, you know, like you put it in. You may have put it in there, but how, how do we know that you made what you date? What that date image? was it made? Well, it's in the blockchain. Was it made before you put it in the blockchain? Mm-hmm. No, it was on that day. How do you know? Do you have evidence of that? Mm. Can I look at the EXIF data? Like for some reason, EXIF data like has more legitimacy than like, uh, like the, like the hash in the blockchain. In, in, in my opinion, is that, is that just the, meta, the metadata? Yeah, the metadata in like a photo. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that which makes sense because you're getting closer to like, like you may have data on like the actual like capture of an image. So like, possibly. It, and and that may I mean. If they if they rely on that because there's the, it's hard to so sometimes what happens yeah. is like like let's say you have like we all agree that that person over there made that photo right and so like you go ask that person over there if his uh, his recollection of when the photo was made matches with the recollection of this other person over here you know like it's very difficult because you have to prove things in copyright that are very very difficult to prove mm. very difficult yeah and uh, and it's it, like what it, it's it's not. It's it's not really as simple as everyone seems to think, which is like I have a hash, I made that. How do I know that? Like you, in in court, you have to provide evidence of every claim. You have to substantiate every claim you make, yeah. and then and then you have degrees of evidence in there. And uh, and like that's the same thing with provenance. Any provenance type application is going to have exactly the same problems. They're going to have to deal with like common law that has like existed for a hundred years regarding that. Um, regarding that issue, and they're going to have to figure out how to jury rig like blockchain tech into like this, and, and maybe blockchain tech is better for establishing certain things, right? Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe you have like an inspector go out and check your RFID instrument <laughs> to make sure that it's still in the thing that it says it's in and that it's working well. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe like a radar check that police have, but you don't need a blockchain for that. The the only reason to use the word blockchain is just to like get in and and sell whatever it is that you're trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's marketing. Right. Comes under just that. So do we have a do we have a mining yeah. a, a bunch of mining updates today? I'm, I I am loving. I think that we were one of the first people. First people on the case. You're on. We were on yeah. the 
first people on the scene. Yeah. And uh, we were we were out there like uh, talking about how it, first of all it was just a prediction. We said this is uh, in my opinion this is what would happen as a result of uh, miners going into these little cities. And I heard you say this probably like sometime last year. Yeah. And you were you kind of talked about this issue and like and I was like, "You know what? Mining is like one of those things that's going to be around forever." Yes. Like blockchain it might be a buzzword just for now, but blo- mining is not going away. Mining and, is staying. And I started seeing articles of people like having concerns about some of the energy stuff. Yeah. And you see it in like the Ethereum community and all this other shit. I'm like, oh okay. Like like as mining happens more and more and it's it's scaling up, you're gonna see like people contending with like what is going on in mining. And all these articles are coming out about like, oh we're gonna we're gonna have mining in our town. Like the 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 one that I have here is uh We've talked about this, like Canada, like the Quebec province. They like begged miners to come. Yeah, begged them. They're like, They're "Please, like, miners, come, come to our town, come to our place. We're so good. We're so good for you." And what, what, what we're seeing, we suck a lot. <laughs> is uh, is is them being like, "Get the fuck out," <laughs> which is which, which is very alive with the prediction you made. Well, yeah, and we had like they don't want that. Like you don't want mining in your town. You right. don't. Mining indicates tragedy. Mining causes tragedy. That is all that it will ever do, yeah. and it's wonderful. Mining is the wonderful act of like going and sucking subsidies up. I mm-hmm. love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I don't think there's been such a great energy suck, a subsidized energy sucking machine. Never has anyone ever figured out how to steal so much energy. But they're energy pirates. Yeah. I get it. And I don't mind them. I think miners are great. I just don't want them in my town. Yeah. And I think people are like missing the distinction. And the blockchain is just as safe. And like Mike and Space said it really well. Um, and, and I like it because I think he's articulating my point about this. It doesn't matter how much hashing you have. What matters is the price that it, it, it cost, right. what it costs to get to that hashing. And what's interesting is that there, like, let's say energy goes up. It means like that fat middle area, like if the price of energy were up globally and, and the hashing fell, it, it means that the time that the blockchain might have been the most secure was like this time. Like now, because you're going to have so much mining at this period when like global energy was subsidized and cheap. Right. Um, and then like that, I, I, I don't know the math on it. I haven't done it, but like just running it in my mind, I have a feeling that prices will affect, uh, will affect mining asymptot- like asymptotically or like uh, logarithmically asymptotic to zero. So like if you make, if you make Bitcoin mining a half or twice as expensive, I think you're going to see like an 80% drop in miners. Oh, okay, so like it, it, it something it, like that. It, okay, because like the profitability is going to drop significantly. Because like think about it, like at nine cents, mm-hmm. it's almost unprofitable pretty much to mine. So right. like you you don't go from like you have zero to like nine, most, yeah. right? You you see like you see almost no miners. You see like a very 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 small hash rate. Mm. Um, you see like an, a near zero number of miners at nine cents, mm-hmm. um, which may be bad. I don't know, but like it might also be good. It might move mining from like. Uh, these big giant rooms to like you know benevolent people in their basement or maybe bankers right. are start doing it just because they realize that they have to use it like it, suddenly they're gonna like do things like calculate um the the overall uh, profits that they make as a result of using Bitcoin and how much they're willing to spend to secure and continue allowing the network to be operable like that that's mm. that's a different calculation. Um, than miners are making now, which is like, how do I, like, just how do I profit from, right. you know? And Luke Dash Jr. says it all the time. Like, the fact that you can profit from mining is a glitch in the system at the moment. Can, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So, like, mining is a like, com- well, completely commoditized service. There's nothing else like it. So, like, it is 100% commoditized. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that, like, you have, if, if you have, like, adequate, um, 
you know, first of all, if you have adequate competition, which is funny because all the libertarians are screaming that like Bitcoin's centralized, but also saying that like a free market creates perfect competition and that monopolies don't last. So you got to make up your data, libert- or uh, mind libertarians. Got to make up your mind uh, because like we don't like in a, in, a, in a in a world where you have a good where there's profits and that generally encourages huge amounts of competition. If the service is commoditized. What happens is profits get driven down to zero, and it's pretty. It's it's just simple. It's pretty simple economics. Mm-hmm. Profits get driven down to near zero or zero in a perfectly competitive world, and that's like that's like that's a cool phenomenon. Um, but the the problem is that like you're talking about like now a company is going to operate just enough that like all after all is said and done, after everyone is paid, um, after you know the owner of the company is uh, given his money in exchange for the risk, like all of that, your profits should be zero. Right, zero profits. So mining, the, the I, I nature, can't, right? The nature of like the monetary service, the right. mining profits are good as zero. And, and think yeah. about think about this. Like this is this is actually in line with like my point about like why you don't want mining in your backyard. Mining is commoditized. It doesn't matter where it's done, right? It doesn't matter if it's done by the Russian government. It doesn't matter if it's done by like your mother Mildred. It doesn't matter if it's done, um, you know, uh, by a tattoo artist uh, trying to do the hash algorithm by tattooing, you know. Numbers on your penis doesn't mm. really matter. This sounds like a fun way to do blockchain, right? That, well, you could, <laughs> or maybe for you. I, I don't think that. My, I don't think that. I don't think that like tattoos on your penis sound fun. Um, but like th- mining is a completely commoditized service, completely more than ever. Yeah. You can't differentiate yourself easily unless like you're Jihan Wu and you find like an exploit, right? So like you can't really differentiate yourself. You could. You can go out into the world and be the worst pedophile in the world. And you can go molest all of the children in Thailand, and then still, no one ca- no one will care when you mine their block, mm. because you you it doesn't matter. Like right. you can't have like organic mining. <laughs> like you as a transactor, farmers <laughs> mining. Right. You can't like you as, a, you as a person engaging in the transaction have no ability to choose who is going to mine your transaction. It could be anybody. It can be an, a, a despot. Yeah. It can be like Kim Jong Un. It can be anybody. Yeah. Right. So like you mining can happen anywhere. It doesn't matter. The quality the quality of mining is irrelevant because all you need a miner to do is grab transactions, put them into a block and then submit them to the chain. Mm. That's it. Mm. And you can't do that better or worse. Like I you you have no election as a transactor. Right. You have none. Um that and that's just how it works. It's it's a completely commodity. So that means profits should be near zero. Mm. Right? Um where were we going with this? I, what was the original question? The original thing was expanding on why Luke's, why you would call that a glitch in the system. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. like the fact is that like, uh, if 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 there's profit in that system, uh, it's it's because there's I don't know there. I mean, it's substantially like there's it's just it, it's not competed out yet. Right. So like someone's there's a problem in the system, and the problem uh, could be that um, that Bitcoin's too expensive, maybe. Uh, but it could also be that there's artificially. Uh, low-priced energy in places in the world and that the miners are going to those places. And, like, what has to happen is the people that need to respond to the competition that's going on in mining are governments. Mm-hmm. They may they may need to get rid of subsidies. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's, I mean, that's a weird effect of mining. It's a very strange fact that there's any profit in it right now. And that, pro- I mean, I don't know what the, like, uh, I don't know what it would take for a person to become an executive of a mining company. I'm sure there's a market price for that, um, and it might be you know twenty million dollars a year. But like when all of those salaries are taken into place, all of the employees that need to exist in order to operate a mine are taken into place. Mm. Those profits should be driven down to zero. Right. 
and, and, and you know, um, right now there's a, a few problems. Like monopolistically, like Jihan Wu uh, and the ant miners, like they make all of the miners globally, essentially. Like a huge portion of them are ant miners. I heard it's. Uh, I may be wrong about this completely, but that the percentage of bit bit main miners are not as high as people think they are. Could be. I don't know. But, I mean, it's a substantial amount. I don't know sure. that it matters. Like, some people like right. to, like, talk about how Antbleed was in there and how, like, there was this, like, backdoor mechanism for uh, mm. for uh, there to be, like, a takeover of your miner. Um, I, I just like that. Like, I like the idea of Jihan Wu being a supervillain. I like that. <laughs> um, and I don't want to take that, like, don't want to take that distinction away from him because right. I, I love him. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> Best, in my opinion, he is, he is the quintessential capitalist Everyone can like shut the fuck up about that guy. Well, he may be a dick, but that's the point. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't give two fucks about anything, right. Other than the fact that he's making profits. He's the most like it's it's the most vicious thing he's, to be in the space. He's like, so he's, vicious. He's like the Blackbeard of of Bitcoin. Every he is. He, he, he is he, the Blackbeard. Right, he's, he's, he's a pirate. He's like, he's exactly. Like, he's going around. He's he's he's. He, and and in, this, ways in this grand experiment <laughs> that we call blockchain. That's what you're asking for. Yeah. That's who's going to win. Yeah. Those are the like if you have a, a robust mining um, operation, Jihan Wu's are going to be everywhere, and they're going to get into rooms and they're going to punch each other because like they, they, it's a commoditized good. They're they are trying to they are trying to squeeze blood from water. Yeah. Is that the phrase? They're trying to squeeze blood from a napkin. I don't fucking maybe, know. Maybe but like, water from blood. Whatever it is. But, yeah. but they're trying to squeeze they're trying to squeeze the last little bit of blood out. And that's like that is not easy. And you're talking about highly competitive people. They're gonna be highly mm. disagreeable. Mm. They're gonna be real dicks. Yeah. And they're gonna not give a fuck. And it's like mining's it's 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 <laughs> It's a giant operation. It's an industrial thing. You're going to have people now that are going to come in from the energy markets, the commodity markets, that are going to really, really like be that type if of person. If you think these people are and caring they're, they're, and they, 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 they want, they want to like, they want to love you, you're you're going to be in for a just a terrible surprise. Yeah. And uh, and and I I, I admire Jihan Wu because he's so fucking disagreeable. He is okay telling you to fuck your mother if you want fuck, and like he don't give two shits. I, yeah. I admire it. And you know what's funny about it is just by his pure hashing power, you gotta care. Mm-hmm. You gotta care. He, he like Blockstream, uh, the core guys, they can't not talk to him. Mm. Right. Which I love. Yeah. He, he has elected himself into the role of like representative of himself. Yeah. And that's what's really <laughs> interesting about like the miners also is they don't represent the community. Yeah, like in some ways they need like they need Bitcoin to work, but like they don't represent you or me. Well, but it's also interesting because like um like Matt Carlo came out recently with like this better hash, uh, basically like offering improvements in how um like some of the the mining uh some of the mi- the relationships between mining and pools function when it comes to like block uh like 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 work propagation and, and right. other things like that and and, and he kind of identified that there might be some centralized things here that this like these types of solutions will make more decentralized so like you, you have like the the Jihan Wu's that are the only people that that may and this is, might be stress this is arguable could centralize bitcoin further because of like the mining stuff and it is presenting like on the other side, people like Matt and other devs coming up with solutions to keep Bitcoin pretty well, centralized. I think, I think so that's pretty amazing. It's part of the like the, the ecosystem of, of, of Bitcoin. Like, Over the years, there have been a lot of experiments in, in, in Bitcoin with regard to like mining pools. I mean, do you remember Pita Pool? Oh, 
it was like a I, I don't know that enough about it was like, it was when G hash when G hash had taken yeah. like fifty one percent that was like the the pool that I think it was Luke Dash Junior was going to get into it was a peer to peer pool everybody the dentist and reading this on my phone it was then, really like, neat like basically what it was it was like you would solve you would solve uh, the small puzzles you would do the hashing. And you would submit to Peter Pool. I, I believe this outworked. You would submit to Peter Pool like your solutions, and eventually, like a correct solution would be found. But that way, like you would get credit for like solutions found in the Peter Pool. Um, so basically, you would do proof of work at a smaller scale in Peter Pool. Okay. And then eventually, one like actual like solving hash would be found. So that like, and then you know, based on the work that everyone had done, you know, like based on that proof of work, they would then distribute the funds. Mm. Um, Peer to peer, which is a it's a really it basically like sort of uses the hashing function um, to distribute funds based on proof of work in exactly the same way Bitcoin does. Um, so you can remain sort of like decentralized and and submitting your work to the like to the network that way, right. which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what the problems were, but it seems like most people are back in like normal pools like uh, um God, what, which, what are some of the big pools now? We have like slush, like and slush pool. mining, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and pool and stuff like that. So yeah. like these are like it's a different world than like I don't know if Peter Pool like exploded or if it just had a lot of problems or maybe it's being used by you know eighty percent. I'm not a miner myself, so I don't know. I don't know. But like I don't hear much talk about it anymore. Well, it seems like since I pay like like over time, like the pools change. Um, like there seems to be like I don't know what all the issues all there. It's kind of a it's its own little area, um, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, we, we talked last week about the the, the possibility of using batteries. Um, well, and someone commented on the show that like batteries, yeah. everyone knows that batteries are like a problem because they're so inefficient. And I agree. By the way, batteries yeah. are inefficient. I'm not saying that that is the solution. What I'm saying is like, it's a possibility, and we don't know where batteries are going to go because like there is technology on the horizon to make batteries more efficient. It's it's a, maybe 20 years away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like it's coming. And you're like Elon Musk, like focus on that. No, yeah. I mean like I I don't think that Elon's well, focusing on that. I think he's trying to make his batteries better. But like for the most part, like wasn't part of like because like they put up a lot of money to build like this huge facility. And say, I think because I remember reading something that talked about like batteries can can become more efficient, but it has to be like at a huge scale. Cause you right. Have to basically, like you have to you have to you have to you have to drastically reduce the cost of like these batteries. I'm talking about like graphene. For example, so like graphene. So actually which, improving like the well, right. Well, the, graphene. Yeah. Graphene's really interesting. I don't, I'm not again. I'm not a, a, a scientist. So I, I don't know. But as I understand it, like graphene essentially like is is one atom thick layer of graphite. Okay. And it was like the the holy grail. Everyone knew about graphene, but like it like chemically, you could like draw it out in like a Lewis dot structure and say this is what graphene looks like. And theoretically, the way that it would operate is it would basically transmit electricity across rather than up and down. And so you could have one layer uh, uh, thick wire, basically one atom thick wire. Mm. You could like paint it on your wall, and like you could touch it like the bare wire, and it wouldn't electrocute you. That's that's kind of the dream. But like the other thing about graphene is that it accepts. I think it's like ninety nine point nine percent of the input. So like if you pu- if you plug it into a wall, if you your phone had a graphene in it, it's so efficient. You plug it into the wall, and like eight seconds later, your phone would be charged. Huh. It's like all the electricity that is is sent into your phone is like used. Yeah. And uh, and and so it would it would take no time. A car battery, you just like and then you're you're charged. Right. Um. So like that's the dream. But it's like a million. It's like thirty million dollars for like a car battery sized uh, bit of graphene. Right. right. Or graphene battery. Because like that's the limit at the atom level of how like efficient you. Can I mean, it's really it, yeah, yeah. It was. It took years guess, and years right. and years for them to figure out how to make graphene. As far as I understand. Yeah. And in like I mean like that's the future. That would be amazing if we can have graphene batteries. It would be incredible. 
I mean, I, like, I don't know what the rarity of graphite is, but we use it in all our pencils. So maybe we just take pencils and we, we, we take them away from kids. Um, we give kids lead again. Um, and then we just take the graphite and put it in batteries. Because, like, I, you know, kids, kids are stupid already anyways. Like, this generation, gone. Completely fucked. Oh, yeah, so let's just give them lead. Yeah, why not? That'll probably solve a lot of the problems, to be honest. That would be a good, yeah. That'd be a good, like, thing right. for, for kids like, can, like, the suck older on generations it. to give to the kids to right. prevent them. Because, you know. Just, right. But, like, they're, 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 on, they're, they're watching stupid SJW videos. Right. I mean, what's the difference between somebody? Right. Yeah. You give them Netflix, just give them a lead pencil. Yeah. It's the same thing. It'll, make them, it'll, it'll do the same thing to their brain. Um <laughs> I like the part of the generation that decides that like the future humans like don't matter as much. I do. I fucking I'm, I'm amazed by that. Like, like like David Hogg is out there advocating like what sounds like genocide to me, right? He's like, like yeah. get rid of the. I can't wait till you die, old people. I'm like, what the fuck are they, bro? Like, yeah. Shut up, David. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Well, humans are always like we have to like provide for the future generations. But what happens if we like technologically don't need to like die anymore? What if so? Yeah. We're just so like what if we are that generation that we get to be like the last the last generation? I'm gonna die. I don't want to live forever. That's well, sounds terrible. Well, that doesn't sound terrible, but, but you know what I mean. Like, we, you we, can kill me if like, I. If, if the next generation of happens, kids are, are too, they're just the worst. Yeah, and they're gonna like may, maybe that's what you need. Maybe like as we advance towards like uh, living forever, mm-hmm. um, maybe what we, like dwarves do that. By the way, from uh, Lord of the Rings, they live until they're killed. But like maybe as we advance, well, elves too. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's know either, about the elves. Elves might. I think elves are pretty immortal. Elves get old. They get old. Uh, but dwarves are the ones that like they don't die until they're killed. Okay. Uh, I don't know that that matters. Uh, but like as as we advance that, maybe maybe we need more SJWism. Maybe we need like much more uh, weird compassion and less like aggression. You know, maybe people like you need to die. Yeah, maybe <laughs> fucking sociopath. Um, but yeah, no, like the, the the whole the whole energy thing is really interesting to me because I I I think that there's not a lot of solutions at the like the power station level. And I think a lot of people want to say, like, I don't know, like uh, power plants, like nuclear power plants are the solution to all of this. But I, I don't know that they are. Mm. Nobody, again, power plants are the same way. Nobody wants a nuclear power plant in their backyard. Nobody. Mm. In the same way you don't want Bitcoin miners in your backyard. Right. And the other thing I'm seeing with these miner well, discussions is that people are saying they, that miners are going to start building power plants. Yeah. Which I'm skeptical of. Well, because, like, it, it'd have to actually cheapen, like, the electricity in that area. Well, it wouldn't well, be that. It would be that like you'd get them off the grid. And well, here's the thing: I was talking to uh, I was talking to a miner in Florida this week. There are like weird quirks. So, for example, in Florida, okay. you're not allowed to take your uh, your uh, solar power and feed it back into the grid. I don't even think you're allowed to use solar power in your own home without like being charged, charging yourself for it. Okay. So like it's like beer delivery. In, in beer delivery, if you make beer, you still have to like send it off to a distributor and, and buy your own beer back. Per the law in Florida. Okay. So per the law of like how this works. It's right. Really so we, we have like Funky Buddha. They get deliveries of their own beer to their own store. <laughs> I, you, I, th- that, that sounds familiar, but yeah, it's, yeah. That, that's so weird. They, they, they have to send it out to a distributor who will then sell it Is back that to just th- That can't just be Florida. I feel uh, like that's some weird probably, regulation. It could, be, it could be everywhere. I don't know, but it's hilarious. Right. Because they have to like. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like Jimmy Carter probably thought that up. But like that, that's that's the rule. It's it's very funny. It's hilariously obtuse. Um, it's one of those laws that like people like, like kind of look at you skew like what? And it's yeah. real stupid. It is. It destroys certain efficiencies. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. That's I, I, I like the idea of someday someone like stepping in there and being like, "We'll be a producer, or we will be a distributor." The efficiency we provide is that we distribute inside of your location. Yeah. Uh, all you have to do is put the the kegs to the side, and we'll come. We'll send a guy. He'll 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 pick up the keg and bring it to the front door. Yeah. 
from your back door. Well, maybe because they opened that restaurant in the back. What if are they delivering beer to that? To maybe the, they start their own. Maybe they start their own beer distribution service that right. like you come pick it up. They distribute start, it to themselves. You, you start, I don't know. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, such, a weird, that's such a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, like, th- so th- the same thing is, is going on with like solar panels. Like you can't feed your solar electricity into the, into the grid. I don't think without like charging yourself essentially. Like you have to tell like, you know, Florida power and light that you, that you have this, uh, this stuff and then you have to buy it. Um, so, uh, down here, there are a number of companies that have enormous amounts of, uh, solar panels on roofs. They were making big bets and now they really can't use them. So I heard from a miner that all of this like excess energy right now is just going unused. And so they're huh. negotiating deals to basically buy that energy at like two and a half to three cents. Okay. And they're going to just, because there's so much of it, they're just going to feed because it pe- into their mining because, operation. Because people thought that they could just put all this excess energy back into the grid. They thought they'd be able to, but they, they can't, now. can't so now, And now they have to figure out what to do with it. So now there's these... just a ton of energy. They just have no idea what to do with it. Right. So they're like, fuck the man. Let's give it to the miners. So there's actually miners in Florida that are trying to capture that, that cheap energy. Yes. Until... And that seems like a good idea until what's going to happen is, is that energy is allowed to go back into the system. Okay, so that's when that would change. So, so basically, because of the weird law, infl- like that—that's a weird—that's a weird way of like why the electricity is cheap. Well, humans are amazing. Yeah, but, like, but, we but, figure but, out but, how to but, use all sorts of energies. But that's—I I, I like that. I like that whole thing because it's—it's—it's it's, it's not like it's. This isn't Washington State where the electricity cost just happens to be like five cents or whatever. Right. Like this is like some really this is weird grid electricity. That's what's but, amazing about it. Off grid yeah. electricity. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. Because because like. I, I don't like the idea of like miners in Florida because I don't want miners in my backyard, right? Like that's that's the idea, right? But like this is kind of different because it's not miners on my grid; it's miners from like the, these miners like, on my grid. But how how are are they profitable mining? Electricity because, bid because like is it enough to at three create? cents? I think that would be pretty profitable. I mean, it's a hot place, so like uh, so so I was talking. So this is this is an amazingly cool operation down here. So like there, there's a guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't want to say too much because uh, I don't want to like I can't give his name or, or or talk about it much yet until like I get permission. But essentially, um, this person has like a history of like working with like airlines and jets and such understands things like air cooling and like uh, liquid cooling and stuff like that. So what they're doing is they're putting together basically um, they want to put together an ASIC facility uh, that just uses like a lot of those types of cooling methods that he happens to know quite a bit about and uh, that does a good job dissipating a lot of the heat. And he wants to pack as many ASICs in there as possible, like just an immense amount, so many. Okay. And he wants to take that steam and then feed it back into the system. So most people, I would be very skeptical of telling me this stuff, but he actually knows how to do it. Like he's actually pretty talented and knows, uh, knows understands mechanically how to do a lot of this stuff. Okay. So it's a very different situation than most miners. Um, and, and in addition to that, he has these connections that allow him to do things like find these like weird electrical sort of subsidy uh, based things like this, like excess of like solar energy down here in Florida. Yeah. Um, so that it's a it's a little bit different than other 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 places, right? Because there's differences like that. So like the reason that miners in general wouldn't use solar panels is because like the cost of maybe purchasing the solar panels and insulation too high. I don't. And that I cost don't has already it, been like eliminated by the, like what's going well, on here. I, I just think that like, like what, no no. I think a miner. I'm trying like, to understand like the, why if a miner buys these solar panels, it's going to be extremely expensive. They're going to have to like lay out a shit ton of them. They're going to have to, like miners take a shit ton of energy. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to buy like two hundred million dollars worth of solar panels. To, right. Like, that, it, you know, it's going to be a twenty expensive. year. A 20-year payback or something like that. But these solar panels have already been already These are already there. Right. 
the company the okay. company lost the money on installing them, right. and now they, they're producing energy that they can't use. So like they're they're trying to dump the energy so they can at least make some profit on it, yeah, um, or at least make anything at all. Uh, because again, like it's probably a twenty year payback, and I think these these solar panels have basically been sitting there for five six years yeah. without use. Huh. So you can almost imagine like those guys actually like maybe at some point lobbying Booth State to like not change that law. Maybe, maybe that, which would be really weird. Which is, I mean, like, but like, here's the thing: <laughs> there are minors, there are places where like these little glitches occur that are not normal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, there are places where the energy isn't necessarily subsidized, but like, let's say a public interest, like for example, FPNL have lobbied to basically kill the ability of someone to add like cheap solar energy to your state. Um, in those places, this might be like an amazing glitch that miners can ex- exploit until it's no longer the case. Yeah. At which point, like that solar energy is going to re-enter, and energy probably goes from nine or eleven cents a kilowatt hour, like it is down here, down to like seven or eight cents. Mm. Um, and they're going to, you know, this company would rather make seven or eight cents than three cents, so they're going to sell it to people, um, you know, so, and and they get solar energy, so like they don't really have like excess energy at night, right? Necessarily. Um, so it's, it's a little different than like the things we've been talking about. I, I like this use case. I like it a lot. I, it's very interesting. It's, it's a weird use it's case. It's really, it's so weird. So uh, there's going to be a lot of jobs now because like these miners are here, right? Like, yeah. Can I go apply to the mine? Yeah. See? I think that this, I think this individual <laughs> runs it, runs, runs the mine individually on the side. Um, as he has another business. And oh, I think he might be, he might be the only employee of like this fairly large mine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And he already lives down here, so like he's already spending money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's and some of the some of the stuff that's popping up in like because um, I have a couple other co- there's the Quebec the the Canada one that like once miners are gone like the right. price is too they, high. Are, do they and want them gone? Is that really the case? They I don't I think they're they're basically like putting a stop on those energy prices for future miners, and I think they're trying to figure out like what to do with like current miners. Um, I. I that was, I that was a quick turnaround. It was like, it was like yeah. two years, and then all of a sudden they're like, no more. And on the inverse, or other, not inverse, but on the other side of this, you have uh, Montana deciding to delay a mining ban, which is probably not the best decision. And they're talking about like people complaining about these mines. So like the 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 environmental of like the, it's like this one lady's like the noise is so bad, like I can't get my windows open. Um, because like I, I have to hear I have to hear the noise so much, which is really funny because that means that people are closing their windows and they're like turning their AC on yeah. because they don't they won't have to hear the fucking miners because yeah. the miners are are annoying the local community. So even that guy here in Florida, like what? How is it affecting everything around him? Well, my, gu- my guess is or, that he's or, in like a warehouse. So like I think most miners are in like these giant warehouse districts. But so, like, but in that video, you could be like you could be like like hundreds of feet away. The thing you, is, you might still hear right. that. The thing like, is, in small towns, people don't realize this. There are there are these like places that are in the middle of the town that are sort of like the rural areas particularly. And there's not where, a lot of noise traffic. Really. Right, okay. where it's just like that is the warehouse. You might call it the warehouse district, but honestly, there's like 35 homes in the town, and like that that's that's just one of the 18 buildings. Yeah. Um, and Florida's weird because like I don't I don't I don't know where this guy is, but in a lot of places like in the metropolitan areas, it's 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 large suburbs spread out, and like it's it is loud. Also, like, secret: there's a enormous mine up. I think it's in Tallahassee at a Publix in the ghetto. No, uh-huh. I'm getting more and more reports used, of like mining. I used to live in Tallahassee. Locally. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Tallahassee, um, and it's in the ghetto. It's at a Publix, a former Publix. They bought up the building, and they have just a fairly enormous mining operation that's going on there. And it's an amazing. I've seen it. Like it's dark. It's it's just nuts. It's crazy. I, I've 
like the, the, Florida, there are there's a lot of like secret mining operations happening all over the United States where miners are going in taking energy, and they're huge operations. So nobody knows about them because nobody. Because I can I can think of like the, the places in Tallahassee that might be and like that's really interesting. Well, the thing well, that's just like, interesting that like that that might be going on, right? Yeah. The thing is that like nobody knows this is going on, so like you don't even know you can complain. So it's funny that like the only places where we're knowing about this is where like it's public. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think the strategy for miners and like so the strategy for like the citizenry needs to be to kick miners out. The strategy for miners, I think, is to find a place and then lie low. Oh yeah, just lie low and don't tell anybody you're there and just just look. It's not your Blackbeard used to like um, you know uh, put like sulfur in his beard. And like you know, light each each side of his his mustache so that it looked like he was Satan as he was getting on ships. He would have like smoke coming off his face. <laughs> like you know, his goal was to be seen. Yeah. You know, and uh, and and that's that's not the kind of pirate you are. If mm. you're a miner, lie low. You yeah. gotta you gotta just like not let anyone know you're there. You're an energy pirate, which means that you need to sit there and like not tell anyone you're stealing their energy. You just right. need to siphon it. And what you want to do is you siphon it until they find you. And then you sit there like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that that was affecting everybody. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Man, oh, man. And then work with the local legislatures um, on, on, a, on a bill that will fuck over the community, but that, like, you, you will come off as compassionate, as ignorant, and then you can fuck over the community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and they won't know it for another three years. So, like, I think, that, I think that there should be, like, these stages of mining. First one is, like, lie low. Number two, get caught. Number three, work with local legislatures to, to, to establish bad law. So, Number four, talk, talk, about, talk about the talk about all the amazing things of blockchain right. technology tell, and tell, how this promise is... them jobs. <laughs> tell them that like you're going to hire, uh, like look at this, you're going to encourage people to come yeah. uh, as part of the blockchain industry. All of which you know is a lie, and it's fine. <laughs> and then and then and then like you get two, three, four years out of it. Tell them that like blockchain is good for like local provenance or like. That you can put like housing records on the blockchain. Yeah. Just tell them this stuff. Oh, yeah. They will get really excited about it. They're a small town. Tell them that you're going to like just provide jobs and all sorts of things. And and you'll you'll buy yourself two or three years on that cheap electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need you need to do this without coming off as arrogant. You should wear a suit. You should be if you can be. You should be black. Um, <laughs> you should you should be compassionate. You know, like it should be difficult for them to like really like come after you. Is, it's like, are you are you are you trying to get rid of black entrepreneurs in your city? Like, is that is that what you're is that what you're trying to do? Is like, that what you're no, trying to do? No, here? I'm here. I'm a minority. I yeah. have made it. Yeah, this is a place. Plattsburgh is a place of opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is. I mean, this is how I would go about mining. And like, I, I like. I, I think I wish Dante were here to talk about it because like he he's on the other side of this. But like, I, I honestly think like I'm I'm for miners. Yeah. Like, I think if you have found a place where you can keep cheap electricity, you should exploit that as long as you can. Yeah. Um. I think if you're a citizen, I'm just pra- pragmatically I'm speaking to you. You should get rid of those people. But I think that like miners have the upper hand here because what they can do is they can go into these places. They have it's asymmetric information. These people know nothing about mining and they can just lie to them. They can be like, oh yeah, mm. we uh, we we are like we're benevolent. You've heard of Bitcoin. We're trying to bring Bitcoin into the light. Yeah. We're processing transactions like Visa. What if you had Visa in your town? Yeah. Think about all the jobs Visa would create. Right. We're Visa. Well, and at scale, when mining like in public does not work, you're gonna have the Jihan Wu's that are gonna be able to get governments to comply with this type of thing. Like mining's gonna find like governments that are more susceptible to being like, hey, we'll pay you. We'll, we'll, if, if Jihan Wu can convince governments to let him mine in their in their province, like 
like that, that that's that's how that might play out on like on a on a larger and larger scale. Right. Like mining's being done in China because it's cheap. At what point does China be like, uh, get the fuck out? And now they move to like these backwater countries or these countries that just either don't know any better or have people that are making the decisions that are very susceptible to corruption. Like you kind of mentioned this, like mining's gonna like it might weirdly be a state ender. Like I might like literally like end certain governments, but not for reasons that like the libertarians want to think. Right. It might be because like these corruptible governments are letting miners in, and it's just like destroying like the local. Economy. I also do think it's funny because like as a miner, you are essentially developing bribe money, which is hilarious. Yeah. You're, you're stealing energy from the people you're then going to bribe with the money that you stole from them. Right. So it's just it's it's a wonderful like cyclical sort of hilarious uh, thing. Yeah. And I, like in Venezuela, if I were a miner, I'd be bribing officials left and right. I'd be like, oh, yeah. look, this is your energy anyways. Like, thanks for the free energy. Here's your portion of it. We call those yeah. taxes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can bribe You can bribe the governments. You can bribe the people leading like the demonstrations. It's their fucking money. Just, right. just bribe it. Just yeah. bribe everybody. Yeah. Like, this is what you want to do as a miner. You're using their energy. You're a pirate. Bribe them with their own money. Like, it, it, I don't... There's no difference between this and, like, going onto a ship and, like, stealing uh, Spain's gold and then being like, look, we apologize. We're going to pay reparations and then giving them back, like, 5%. Yeah. Here's your money. 5% yeah. of what we stole from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so... It's so... It's so crazy. It's so it's so funny that like. So what's going on with Montana? Are they like are they overmining now too? This was just they're they're just a, within the last few weeks, man. There's just been a few articles like of, of like these places where mining's being done and like people are talking about it. They um they are I, I think they just decided to stop hold off on a ban. Like some of these miners might be like being like that. This might be a case of them convincing like Montana in this case to if Montana's considering banning mining. To be like, well, hold off on this. Let's let's think about this more, or whatever. Like that that might be what's what's going on here. I don't. I I think when I glanced at the article, it didn't really go into like a lot of the specifics. It was just kind of like this local government's, uh, like this place in Montana is not going to do the right. mining man just yet. Um, I mean, people are complaining about the sound. It looks like it, it. It reminds me of the sriracha factory complaints. What are the complaints yeah. of a sriracha? So, factory? so sriracha is like made in this little place in California. Sriracha is like, delicious. Isn't it, it? it is delicious, but the whole town oh, says I'm that hungry. like their eyes burn and the smell is terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so like basically what's going on is like the sriracha factory like gases out the town, yeah, and like basically is making like tear gas. But like you and I get to benefit from that, whereas yeah. that town does not. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh huh. Oh my god! It was also like we talk about like how miners are the best energy pirates. Yeah, there are other energy pirate industries like Nestle that's going around. Nestle's like a water. great absolutely. Like, when does Nestle get into Bitcoin mining? The water rights, <laughs> the water rights debate that is one hundred percent an energy like uh, an energy pirates uh, yeah. sort of debate. Um, I mean, this stuff has been going on for a while. Humans are great at finding sources of energy. I remember back in the day when like um, you know, let's say you had a restaurant and you were prov- you had at the end of the day you you have this oil. That you got to get rid of, right? You have cooking oil, and you just have a shit ton of it, just tons. And the way that it used to work is that you know you would you'd be done with your day, and you'd have to have like this trash pickup service come and pick up your oil. They would suck it out with a giant vacuum cleaner, and then they drive away, and uh, you would pay them a bill, mm-hmm. right? Then uh, the diesel revolution happens, and everyone discovers that you can make these like biodiesel shit with like uh, with with cooking oil. So what happens suddenly is that these restaurants go from like a net negative on on oil use to actually selling their oil to people that are using it in order to fuel their trucks, such as construction companies. Okay. So like a lot of construction companies changed their uh, entire their entire construction 
uh, fleet over to biodiesel so that they could then use uh, oil because because oil like cooking oil was free or right. or, or or they get paid she, to take it yeah so what happens is all of a sudden these restaurants start getting requests from companies that want to suck their oil out right for a cost so like it starts out like you will will do it for free how about like and they'll undercut someone who's like getting paid so like the restaurant sure then someone calls and said we'll pay you a dollar per gallon and then someone calls and said we'll pay you two dollars per gallon so suddenly now you have like this like price parity that goes on with like uh with with biodiesel where it basically becomes the same price as regular diesel it, like after you consider the, con- the cost of the conversion of a vehicle to biodiesel right. all of a sudden it just like shoots up and it's about the same price and you have all of these vehicles now that are converted over so they have to continue using biodiesel right <laughs> Well, you'd also have like op- people that would spe- like actually focus on producing a biodiesel right. versus the restaurants. But for I mean, for for it's it's kind of like indexing your indexing your gas in some ways because like now that your construction crew can use either regular diesel and biodiesel, um, you you have this option. You can like go out and you can look at the price of diesel and biodiesel, and whichever one is cheaper, you can buy. And at scale, that makes a lot of sense. If the prices are like thirty cents uh, difference. And you're talking about like four million gallons. You're going to save a lot of money getting biodiesel. Mm-hmm. But in my dad's car, you're saving thirty cents a gallon. Uh, that's like three bucks. Yeah, you know. And in the next week, it might not matter that much. But like for a big company, you're talking you know thirty thousand dollars a week or something like that. If you're like having enormous uh, amounts of diesel that you're needing to use, right? Which which is interesting. But like that's the same thing. Like the uh, that that sort of thing. Humans are like mining for energy sources all the fucking time. And uh, and energy energy markets are very quick to adapt. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious as to what's going to happen globally with Bitcoin. Right now, Bitcoin is affecting people at a local on a local basis. And I think once enough people realize how it's affecting people locally, it's going to start sort of a global movement of like getting rid of energy subsidies or banning mining. It's going to have to be one or the other response. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of people do the the the, the binding the, the mining ban, um, and. You know, or or like the mining taxes, or, or or like specifying like that that energy for mining is going to cost more, which is interesting. Yeah, and energy subsidies would would theoretically go to mm-hmm. zero globally, and we need to like find alternative sources of energy off planet, like right. Like we'll, we'll start like putting miners like, on asteroids. Like future civilizations, <laughs> maybe us, maybe aliens, are, are just going to come to our galaxy to suck off our sun. I like the because, idea of like, like they need to mine for their crypto. Well, here's what I think we need to do. I think we need to like put something into orbit. Okay, this is my idea for energy. Okay. Right? Okay. We're going to put something to orbit, and then we're going to take a um, a windmill, and we're going to like build the longest windmill ever, <laughs> so that it like comes down into our atmosphere, and then that that thing in orbit is just going to like be flying around at like two thousand miles per hour, and that windmill is just going to be spinning. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to make like it's going to make thousands and th- <laughs> like so much energy, and that's I think that's how we solve the energy problem. Yeah, there we go. Right, that, flying that, windmills. That sounds like a good. That sounds like a fun idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be a flying battery. That's what we'll do. Is like a, a big battery, and then like what we'll have is a docking station that goes and grabs the energy from each of these things. Yeah. That's that to me is a practical solution to the energy crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's free energy, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, um, so the, the, you have... What I put in here? Well, you have the, the, the Bank of England clipping coins thing, but like the, the new oh, Satoshi is the one that like is, well, is yeah, important. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Bank of England we come back to you because you, you were telling me something like a few weeks ago and I forgot what it was exactly. And I was like, that's so interesting. Oh, I wrote yeah, it down. yeah, yeah. So like... I, I, and that's the only reason I put that in there. Okay, so like, like the Bank of England, uh, it, it's an interesting story. Like Isaac Newton uh, was uh, what? The the, the, Fed, the Federal Reserve Chairman of, of the Bank of England, basically. Which I had no idea that he was involved in the Bank well, of England. Well, nobody seems to. Like the thing is, Isaac this Newton... This was the early days of the Bank of England. 
pretty well, early. Well, uh, but like Isaac Newton, here's the thing. Isaac Newton, uh, uh, ge- generally, it, it was, science is weird. Generally, like if you're a mathematician, it's expected that your giant contribution to the science essentially comes before age 30. That's how you know like you're a titan. And most of these like most of these um, enormous do, scientists. Do you know why, right? Because you're smarter when you're 26, I guess. It, you're more deft. I don't know. It might be due to higher testosterone levels. That could very well be. And testo- higher testosterone levels apparently correlate to creativity. Interesting. Unfortunately for guys that are like 30 and above. That's why you have no creativity. Right. You, have, you also have tits. I have, so like, I, have, I have these boobies here. Yeah. I'm, I'm a low test. I'm a, I'm a low test beta male. So I don't have. I'm not very creative. I, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. But there, there are like, exceptions. That, that's like some. Like that's kind of like the current. Science behind maybe why that is the case. Well, there's there's, and, there's and like there's people that say that like prisoners, for example, usually tend to like become like violent uh, people in society, like violent from like very very, very early ages that come from like bad areas. Interesting. They tend to kind of like stop their criminal activities by like, like 25, 32. 28. Really? You know? Yeah. So it, we just like what we should do is anytime someone's violent, you just put them in. Well, a, I think like, I, I mean, facility. I, I don't worry. I think Peterson even said, like, the best thing to do with male <laughs> violent criminals is just keep them in captivity until they're, like, like 28. 20, 20, yeah, and, that's and then, not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we just released them. Just but released them all. Now you have, like, people outside of the bodybuilding and sports arena, like Joe Rogan, that take, like, TRT, which is testosterone replacement. So now, like... So now Joe Rogan's going to go to jail well, for, like, murdering I'm, his mother. Well, what I'm interested to see is more men taking testosterone more and more. Which apparently, like, I haven't done this, but guys, like, like for our age and up, like, get your testosterone levels checked out, and you might want to think about higher Putting testosterone. Putting yourself in prison. Well, taking, essentially, like, what are minor steroids to increase those testosterone right. levels. Well, there are exceptions. So, like, for example, Claude Shannon, who's the developer of information theory, really didn't, like, make his big contribution until he was, like, in his, like, early, mid-30s. Mm. Um, so there's, like, lots of exceptions uh, to this rule. But, like, like yeah. Isaac Newton's contributions to science pretty much were done. By the time he was like thirty, yeah, which is interesting to think about. Like people, you think of this guy as like an old white-haired man, but no, when he was like coming up with this shit, he was like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, mm. twenty-seven. Um, he was a, a goddamn genius. So he becomes like the uh, the the head of the Bank of England, um, and he like he, his big role there is to essentially go after counterfeiters, which okay. is what he's really you know known for. And uh, he he does a lot of things uh, in terms of like going after counterfeiters, and he has he has one enormous contribution to the creation of like hard money. Okay, you want to know what it is? What is it? The ridges on the side of a coin. Okay, what? So what? Why? why? Like why? 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 What what about the ridges on the side of the coin that make it like? So uh, the reason the ridges are important is because if there's ridges on the side of the coin, you can know whether the coin has been clipped. Uh, which was a problem because they were clipping. So England had hard money, and they were printing like basically like denominations in actual like hard metal. So like for example, gold, um, and and England had a fixed price of gold because like you know one gold whatever had to be worth a certain amount so that your like gold prices weren't highly fluctuating, and you know you could go to the market and know exactly how much you had to pay for like a head of lettuce. Mm. So some enterprising Jewish people um, discovered that like it, well they thought about it and they were like okay in France they have a floating point for gold. Mm. So what they would do is they would grab gold coins, they would clip the sides of them, they'd put them in bags, and they would do this with thousands and thousands of coins, and they would end up with hundreds and hundreds of pounds of gold. And they would put it on a ship, send it off to France, sell it at the floating price, take that money, buy more coins, clip them, take those coins, send them to France. It was a perpetual motion money-making machine. Yeah. And, uh, and what happened is England was going bankrupt because all of their coins were getting smaller and smaller. And the actual value of the coin was like less and less and less. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's so funny. Yeah. That's that's such a problem, too. When you uh-huh. think of like hard money and like 
those, those types of issues. So that's what mining is in a lot of ways. Like if you're looking, you think about it, like you're, you're going to places with cheap energy, you're taking that energy out and then you're exporting it to a place that doesn't have subsidized energy where like you can then spend those credits. So you're essentially giving yourself money to be spent in the real world and you're taking it from a place that has a fixed price. Right. So you're taking fixed price energy at three cents. You're sending it off to a place that has like energy from the market and you're basically using these like energy credits elsewhere to then like spend and use. Mm. Um, and, and what happens in, the, in England is that it, it pretty much goes bankrupt. What's going to happen in these little towns is that they're going to go bankrupt. That, like that's what will happen. Yeah. Because like it, it's like the weird monetization of energy and like extracting that from a town, uh-huh. like literally taking that, that right. money from and the town. I think there's a, there's other considerations. Like I think it is hard. Like I get it. Like it's hard to like transmit energy across. But to me, I look at the analogy and like it's not that different. I think that it's a fairly analogous situation mm. where you have these like people clipping coins, sending it off because like that is the, the like Bitcoin seniorage basically is taking advantage of a place where it's very 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 cheap to find bitcoins and then uh, and and then you can spend them anywhere like in places where it's very very expensive to find bitcoins mm. that's the difference like the price of energy is just the price that like it takes to, to find bitcoins in your area that's all it is yeah and uh and and like one's a floating price and it's exactly analogous except that like in dc you have a, a subsidized price of gold a fixed price of energy and then like a hundred yards away in california you cease to have that mm. so like it, it doesn't have to transport very far and the other thing is, is it's not physical, so it doesn't take anything to transport it far. Right. So it, I don't know. To me, to me, I look at that and I'm like this is a very simple analogy. Like, there's, I'm sure it breaks down, but like that's not that different. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything. I can't, I can't think of like. It's it's an interesting analogy, and like when you think of it at like a high level in terms of like abstracting, like what right. what are the core principles of what's going on here. You you can break down like all the details of like energy movement and like all these like little things, but like over the long run in the in in, in, in a higher level, it, right? It, it all kind of new Satoshi incoming. Well, you, you uh, Cobra Bitcoin, I guess, tweeted this because I saw you tweet about right. it. Right, I'm really hoping that this is true. Saying that like there's rumors about uh, another person, yeah. Which which of course you've talked about. Like we it might be time. Well, for it, that it, it's it's time. You yeah. know, I, I've been thinking about this. Like, if, if there was a way for us to convince the media that I was Satoshi, here's how I would go about it. Okay. I think that, like, when they show up at my door, I would organize a press conference. I'd go out there in, like, a ridiculous suit, like a, a jester's outfit, and I would do a press conference. I would say, um, I want to thank the Bitcoin community for electing me Satoshi 2018. I promise you that I will be a glorious Satoshi. I will give you much entertainment. <laughs> I will. I will like be different than previous Satoshi's. Dorian was a good god. Craig Wright was an entertaining god. Um, I will be of a different flavor. I don't know that I can live up to them, but I will do my best to make good on the Bitcoin community. And that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love that. Like if I could be, if I could be Satoshi for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the problem is that like, unlike the American presidency, not anyone can be Satoshi. Mm. You know. Uh, like Donald Trump's proven that anyone can be president, but in Satoshiville, you have. I, I I don't know if it's like there's more random chance or there's like be, you can't just be anybody. Right. You got to be campaigning you, yeah. is done in like secret. You have to like drop hints to people that yeah. you're Satoshi. Like, like Kanye West to, like, could be president, but he can't be Satoshi. No one would, you know. Right. He, he like well, Satoshi's a weird election <laughs> process. It's done by the Illuminati. Um, yeah. it, like uh, it's done through like random feeding of like certain idiots information such yeah. that they then chase it down and report that they found a new Satoshi. Right. Um, so this is like, 
you know, it's it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not like a traditional election. You don't enter your name in. The community literally has to find you. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually more like becoming the Dalai Lama. Yeah, because they have to actually like seek out like who the next right. Dalai Lama. Is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, so that, that's, that's very much that's, more, <laughs> that's that's the thing about being Satoshi. So like <laughs> the Dalai I don't, Lama, of right? The difference is that like unlike the Dalai Lama, you don't have to die for there to be a new Satoshi. The spirit of Satoshi <laughs> is in a new person. Uh-huh. The, like I, I don't know when it becomes infused. It might actually become infused the instant we declare. Well, a new Satoshi. So I mean, a lot of people think that maybe maybe Satoshi's a time traveler. So like, we can have Satoshi's for years and years. We can have come. Satoshi's forever. We don't know. Oh, yeah, you know, like it could be that Satoshi exists for the next you know twelve generations. It could be the same one. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, Satoshi's more like the Dalai Lama in that he like is found out every few years. We give we confer upon somebody the title of Satoshi, and then we and then we like worship them until <laughs> until they like and, and like with Craig Wright, the worship is a little weird because like yeah. it's kind of like a. You know, fuck you relationship, but like kind of like joking. Yeah. You know, like, but he is, he is our glorious leader Satoshi at the moment. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of gone to his head. I've enjoyed Craig Wright's leadership here. Yeah. Um, he's been an entertaining Satoshi. I don't know that we're going to have another one like him. And I, I like, I, I, like, I like the idea of people journey to like some village high up in the Himalayas and there's like this kid there writing like, like solving hash, hash he's like functions solving, like, yeah, he's on like paper. Shot 256. <laughs> yeah. like, ah, we found Satoshi. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, to me, that, that's, that's a good way to run a computer protocol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 that, that is the best way to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I like the idea of like Satoshi uh, becoming like a pope figure, like where we like go into like a a room and like an enclave happens and like you like release smoke and you're like ah Satoshi has been picked, you know. Like to me that, that that's the process that we're going by. The difference is that like uh, the fake news is like the one to decide. It's that is that is the the set of cardinals. Like yeah. Time Magazine was the one to make the announcement with Dorian. Mm. Um, who was it that made the announcement? Well, with you can Wright? fool you can fool people into making the announcement too, like Craig Wright did. It doesn't like matter Gavin how you do like, it. If, right, yeah. if if you can get the announcement made, it like we have consensus. Craig Wright is the current Satoshi. Like I don't mm. think anyone would dispute that. Uh, Roger Veer tried to take the throne. Uh, but he did it wrong. Yeah. So, you know, instead he got like Bitcoin Cash, which is an apostate. Um, and, you know, so like I, I think that I think I'm excited at the prospect of a coming new Satoshi. I will I will worship him like mm. I have worshipped our current Satoshi. And I I cannot wait to find out who it is. I can either. Well, I thought that we, we had a, a, another parallel weird incident this past week. I don't know if you saw this with this whole... Um, this whole this block hash incident, the twenty one, I don't know what you would call this whole thing, the twenty one e eight. Interesting. Thing. Do you know what happened here? No. So, and I might be explaining this not in the best way, but I think I I think I understand what happened. Um, on Wednesday night, a new block appeared on the Bitcoin blockchain, and it bore the hash identifier like a bunch of zeros, twenty one e eight, and a lot of people started freaking out about it because. Uh, apparently this hash is, ex- people were thinking that oh, it's, I did hear this. It's like almost impossible to, to produce something like this. And that like the number 21 E eight, um, has like different, like there's a, but basically what this came down to was, and people were like, this is not that big of a deal. This, this can happen. This was just a hash that a lot of people decided to play into like this weird significance like they 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 found a bunch of little pieces and this was like a thing on twitter like there are people like tweeting about it and being like oh this is like this is like a mind-blowing thing that's going on here um like there were like there were things that like uh apparently like this when this hash occurred i'm I'm gonna get this wrong but they were saying that like 
this may lead to evidence that like the Genesis block may have taken Satoshi like six days to to mine. Really, due to like some weird like way he was doing it, and like people are like drawing like uh, biblical analogies to that. <laughs> they said that, um, and on the seventh day, yeah, he rested. They were saying that uh, like the current. Um, what 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 is it like? Something about the like the number. Uh, it proves that we're in a simulation. Do you think that's what it was? Like it took seven days to create. To create right, yeah. Like like it like it like there's like this weird like. Uh, well, now we know why. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, the E eight theory. And um, well, some people were saying that like because like because this was such a similar hash to something that happened before that like a supercomputer would have to do it. So people were saying that like maybe like there is a quantum computer that like that mined this block. And that, like, that's the reason. Dude, how the fuck but, did people find this? I, I don't know. I think people were looking for shit. But, like, who came up with that theory? Like, that, that is elaborate. I don't know. This, this, this happened just within, the, like, the last few days. Like, this is kind of, like, one of those things that, like, it, it, took, a couple, it, took, like, a, it took a couple days before people were kind of like, uh, no, this isn't, like, that interesting. But I, but I feel like people are going to continue with this and think that, like, this is significant. I like the 21E8 God block. Well, yeah. That's, like, that's great. I like that. I thought I, I, thought I remembered... Exactly, like there's more significance to this number. Well, like people, like twenty one e eight, like you think that like it might reference like twenty one million, but it's it's actually like it's, it's one zero off, so it's actually like twenty hundred, like two hundred ten million. Like there's like a lot, there's a lot of weird well, things yeah, in this yeah. whole thing. But I, I don't know. But when I saw this stuff, I was like, well, then we had rumors of a new Satoshi. I'm wondering if like someone's got a car, be like, I mine this block. I'm like, I'm Satoshi. I did it. I am. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Jihan Wu. I, Jihan Wu. I'm Satoshi. <laughs> Sure, Jihan. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Variety Jones has been extradited. I mm. I, I don't know how I, f- I... I am sad. I am saddened because it is the end of an era. Um, I'm happy because I'm going to find out more about the Silk Road shit. Yeah. And also, he is going to provide endless entertainment because he's a nutter butter. Mm. So, like, this this is a... This will be... Can, can we talk very, about... Can we remind... Uh, is he who all he is? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, do you know the story better than I do? I imagine you do. Well, what he I makes, would say he makes an appearance. He's plural of mongoose. He's right? plural, so, plural of mongoose. Uh, Variety Jones. He may have like a couple of other aliases. He's apparently this guy. He's like fifty six, and he was apparently like the head advisor or like the advisor to Ross Ulbrich uh, when it came to operating the Silk Road. He, and like he also makes an appearance in the white paper of blockchain Jesus. Right. Uh, as mongoose. As a mongoose, yeah. As, yeah. as, as like, a, he's he's sort of the Which would muse. be the floor of mongoose, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a number of explanations for it. I'm just, I'm laughing. I'm like, no, it's just the plural of mongoose, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. It's not hard. It's, it, it's who Christian finds after he comes down the phone. Yeah, it's just playing yeah. guitar in the woods and yeah. like directs him on his way and advises him on where to go. It's, it's a very important role because only mongoose knows... What blockchains what? are really for. Right. <laughs> I love that whole thing. It's fucking hilarious what it is. I, I remember like early on, like I, I wrote it. Um, I mean, sorry. Blockchain, Blockchain Jesus, Jesus wrote it, wrote it and, uh-huh. uh, and and gave it onto the universe. And uh, and I remember it got submitted to Reddit. Um, and people were like, this is hilarious. And then and then at the time I showed it to I showed it to my girlfriend. And she looked at it and she's like, I don't, I don't makes, none of it makes sense. I was like, yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess you got to like, it's. Gotta be in Bitcoin. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, I, I see these. I see these like ancient manuscripts that are supposed to be hilarious. Not ancient, but like, Candide is a good example um, by Voltaire. 
and you read it, and I, I've read that a, n- a number of times, and like assholes who tell me that they read it and think it's hilarious, I'm like, you, you fucking don't think that's funny. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like humorous at all to me. It's very contextual. It requires like a huge. I think it requires a huge amount of knowledge of like what has gone on. Yeah. So that that was kind of the same thing. It was like, oh, this was like this was steeped in blockchain uh, rhetoric and Bitcoin like lore. Yeah. So like you had to be here yeah. <laughs> in order to find it really funny. I think, but it wasn't. It was supposed to be a comedy piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't as, uh, but so, so variety Jones, like there were, I remember the articles appearing a few years ago because they found him in Thailand and, the, and that's where he's been up until this extradition. Right. And a lot of like, was it, was it him or was it when uh, there was another tale of another person that was like, was claiming to be, uh, being hunted by. Uh, like a rogue agent or some bullshit like that. Yes, there was like a there was like a whole like everything about the I, I Silk Road was between plural of mongoose and Variety Jones. I thought that was like the conversations, but like I might be. I'm getting the, like there, there's but in this lot. article it says like yeah. he was called mongoose by like people. So I, I don't really know. Yeah. Well, what's what's amazing is that like be, like this is what you just said. You were probably excited about which if he's being extradited, we might find a lot more out about like what was going on here, which is like. The interesting thing about the Silk Road is that like this wasn't just Russ Holbrook, and there was a whole lot of other shit going on. I mean, and it's any information we can find about about these dark markets is going to be phenomenally interesting. Um, they also said that he is looking at like some really serious charges. Yeah, Roger Roger Thomas Clark was was also known as uh, plural of mongoose, according to All Things Vice. Also, VJ and Simone; those are some other nicknames apparently that he that he had. Um, he has a lot of names. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of which, and I'm sure it's his given name, is Plural of Mongoose. Yeah. I'm sure that's when his parents named him. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, but like that, I'm excited to see what happens here. Uh, I, I am, I am saddened because I liked, I liked the story of a guy who was like untouchable and like, uh, who would rather stay in Thailand prisons than like come to America. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, keep me here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay in the shithole. Yeah. And he thought it was better. Like he's numerous times said like he thought it was better. I guess he was like bribing guards and stuff like that to keep him there and like it was just it was very weird. The whole situation was very weird. Do you remember the guy that uh was found hung in his cell in Thailand? That was yes. the, that guy was also a Canadian citizen and so was Clark. That was that was the guy I don't who, know if that's, uh, that which, might just which, be which dark market did he like, I think it was Alphabet Connection. Alphabet. That was the Alphabet, that was it, the Alphabet yeah. guy. He was like an admin and they tried to kind of blame it like he was the owner and, and yeah, that was that was very strange. But yeah, he was also there. He was also in Thailand. But but he was also Canadian. Like it's it's almost do you, think, like, do you think plural of mongoose is the one who hung him? Hanged him? Hanged him? I, I would be I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was uh, more of a connection there. I mean, like they like what if what if what if like they have a history going back a little bit and and the are you this, well are you well hanged? Am I well hanged? No, I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there maybe there's maybe there's more to that there. There might be more of a connection there, but like it, it'd be interesting if we can if we find out. Right. I'm curious as to like what what's going to be revealed here because like I think that he's going to give a lot more information. I I don't know. My impression of him is that he is a motherfucking beast when it comes to like not saying shit mm. i mean he talks too much but he doesn't talk enough like, so, he doesn't say much he like he like is very conspiratorial very willing to like you know fuck you yeah um so he's that, also not a kid yeah which like he's a full-blown adult there's a guy at a certain age i feel like a guy like him he's he, very that, that dude is hardened yeah that's a hardened dude It'll be interesting. He, he he understands how to use things that most of us don't understand, like PGP. I imagine that like he is 
a he is a well established member of the underground in weird ways that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So like I am very excited to hear about this. I think that it's going to be very different than Russell Brick because he is far less sympathetic. Mm. Far less sympathetic. I can't wait till the women of blockchain get on this and uh, and and beg for him to be released. Mm. Oh wait, they won't. Right. Because he's not cute. <laughs> Do we have an image of him? Oh, what yeah. he looks like, bro. Of course. Oh, I mean, I should. I, um, I guess I could just all things vice here, right here. That's him. Very handsome, white. White. Oh yeah. White man. Oh, oh yeah. They're gonna, that's as white as it gets. They're not gonna. Well, he looks like he looks like one of those like creepy Russian guys. He looks like a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 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 is a white white man. Yeah. yeah that's just like look a, at how white he is. Just like a white fifty year old good dude. Yeah. It's just that is it's an, that ain't no Harrison Ford. Not like me. That is an ugly dude. Um. But like you know it'll it'll be funny because like, such a I don't I don't want to like. Give like a moral or ethical like, oh, is this guy good or bad? But like, that's, such a, that's such he's, a badass, like he's, dude. He's like, a badass. Like, like that's in the way that like Mavrodi is a badass. He's a badass. Like, yeah. There are there are a few like what's beautiful about blockchain is that like we are close to these people who are like real deal, real world psycho criminals, and they're yeah. they're like the kinds of guys that you saw in movies. Mavrodi's one. I, 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 when are they going to make a movie about Mavrodi? Someone's got to do that because that, mm. that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I, like Isabella Kaminska, if you're listening, write a book about Mavrodi. Yeah. Do it because you will, you will sell that to like a producer of a movie. It will be amazing. It will be amazing. And, and it will be the best. Like people, after that movie's done, people are like, did that really happen? Mm. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, remember, because um, like, like I think of like a recent financial esque movie, like The Big Short, that was really successful. For for the most part, as a film, right. and then you have like these Netflix like documentaries about like dirty money yeah. stuff. Like if they do that dirty money show, for example, like the, I bet they'll they have to get to Mavrodi at some point. They but maybe not to. because to be honest with you, a lot of Western people people have, have never no heard idea of him. who he is. He makes an appearance in Geithner's book. I, I mentioned this a couple times. Well, like I gotta read that. Yeah, book. yeah, dude, you have to. Like Ugh. it's a phenomenal book. I have so many, you've given me so many financial books that what's, are like. What's on my amazing list. is that like yeah. you don't realize like how much like influence he had on global finance. The guy mm. was like. Every people watched him. They're like he he really influenced global finance. Like he was on everyone's radar because he was running such large Ponzi schemes, and no one knew what to do with him. Mm. Nobody, because like nobody would go after him. Yeah, and he was very clever. Like he was just a real deal criminal, and he didn't give no fucks. Mm. And then when like he, when his opportunity ran out uh, to scam people in Russia, he just went to like Nigeria. Yeah, and what's great is he probably took all the the, the money from the princes. You know, that's where it all went. Maybe he was behind all those emails. <laughs> Maybe he was behind all the. Maybe emails. Maybe he is the he is the Nigerian. Maybe he's, he's, he's the true prince. Nigerian prince. Could be. <laughs> so the, you know what I gotta say? I, I think I I I think that Isabella Kaminska is not at the moment. I'm not sure. I, I have to find out. But I think she's not necessarily like doing a lot of blockchain articles right now. I think she's kind of got some personal life stuff that she has. Uh, I don't know if she's on sabbatical or what she is. But other people are seem to be taking up her torch at the uh, Financial Times and are writing new articles. Um, and they're getting the, the Financial Times, which used to be this wonderfully um, neutral sort of like questioning things newspaper when Isabella was writing things. I didn't always agree with her, but she was questioning. She was smart. She like she really did a lot to like try to vet things. Mm. She would compare them to historical examples. She she has a, a treasure trove of information when it comes to when it comes to like a history of money and uh, you know Keynesian economics or you know whatever you want. Um, she's she's just great at that. 
So she's always been very highly skeptical of Bitcoin, which is a position that I admire. I think that like everyone should be skeptical of all of this technology. I, I am less skeptical of Bitcoin than her, but like she, she's come around over the years and she's seemed to like pick up a few things, but she's always been skeptical of the tech. And I think that's great. Um, I think Financial Times has largely thrown out the skepticism. Really? Yeah. You think they like? You think they've like really like? When other people write articles that aren't Isabella, the articles get so stupid. Oh, okay. So like this, this, this Ripple one. Ripple and Swift slug it out over cross-border payments. That's that's the article, and the article is saying that like one more than one hundred banks have basically signed up to try Ripple. Mm. Which, okay, um, interesting. But like honestly. Like I don't think that changes the equation. It's not that interesting, and no one, no one has any idea what the actual results of this are. It's led. It, it seems, and the article's not really like really diving into like no, why it this doesn't is dive into the text. Skept, skept, like it's not really portraying the skepticism. It, of, like, it also it. is being led by the uh, by, by Bank Santander, which is, in my opinion, one of the shadier banks. They're a big bank. Um, they backed. They're a big bank now. They backed into a littler, or a, I think they backed into a bigger bank years ago to like gain some more credibility. But they were a bank that was like hugely promoting Madoff's Ponzi back in the day. Huge oh, promotion of it. Um, even after it was pretty certain that it was a Ponzi, and I, I don't remember how much they had to pay out as a result. But like, they're not a bank that I have ever thought like, boy, what a scrupulous institution that I love to do business with. Yeah. Um, they, they've raised their they've raised their prominence by like doing things like sponsoring all those fucking bikes in England, like those public bikes, the public bikes, John. Public bikes, the public bikes, like like like, like the city bank, city bank down here, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, in, okay. in England, all of the all of the bikes are sat in there. I, bank sponsoring bikes, but what's up with that? It's just a credibility play, I guess. So, huh? So okay. Santander has like built their credibility on the backs of like you know bike shit. Um, and, and, and Bitcoiners think that they're just like this like great legitimate bank and they, that they're really excited about, um, you know, everything they're doing there. And I, I mean, maybe they are now, but like they, they've done some things in the past that like make me question stuff. Mm. Um, like HSBC kind of. Kind of well, well, no, it's a little different, different than HSBC. Yeah. Like at least HSBC is like dealing with money. Like yeah. Santander was like, this is a, this is a Ponzi. They're dealing like, in like really fucked up, like right. financial. Schemes. Right. Like Santander, yeah. like, like in HSBC, they're like, okay, well, okay. We don't give a fuck. You're, you're the mafia. Yeah. Um, you're dealing drugs. Like we'll move your money for you, whatever. But like Santander's like, this guy's stealing money. Why don't we help him? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so like that, I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at this. I, I'm very curious as to how long it'll take these banks to decide whether this does or doesn't have any efficiency. I will presume that they will probably come out with the idea that it does not have any efficiencies for them. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we talk, I doubt it does. Of course, we, we talked about this earlier. It, most likely not. Like, there's no, there's nothing that Ripple's offering these banks that, that they're going to want. Well, my, and if they get even convinced that that might be the case, my fear, whoever competes currently in that space, is going to just easily implement blockchain. My like, fear is that XRP has uh, grown to the point where the XRP Foundation has so much money that they can run at a loss. In order to outcompete Swift, huh? And that's that's where I'm a little bit like, and that 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 because they have billions and billions and billions of dollars to burn to do that. Yeah. Because we live in a world where you have like Tron, which just bought fucking BitTorrent as a company. Well, These, Bit, I think I think BitTorrent as a company well, is that's not, not the BitTorrent. I think it's some guys like I'm going to call my company BitTorrent. 
Yeah, I don't. I didn't know much about like what's, what's what funny Bitcoin to me is, the company is. is these companies not, are like fucking buying buying companies that probably could like uh, like violate trademark infringement shit. Well, there's like, these great actors. Tron's not a company, but they've right. acquired this well, company. So but, are they a company? I, I don't know. But the thing, right? You have you have this useless technology that offers no efficiency, but you have billions behind it. I thought these were like, found, I thought these acquire, were foundations. Is it the Tron Foundation acquired BitTorrent? It was Justin, some Sue, whatever the guy, and then like investors, yeah, in Tron. So, so that like acquired the company, which it sounded like it, like this company called that is named BitTorrent. I, I guess it sounded like it was like some centralized company that was doing stuff with the actual protocol, and they were looking for buyers. Um, it was like a hundred something million, right? I'm guessing that like worth the, of Tron. The, the company's not really, yeah. I, I wonder I, what they bought. Like, was it an acquire? Right, right. Like, I mean, what are they going to pay them in Tron? Well, it was like pay Tron, them dollars. The, like, the reason, what do the, they buy? One of the investors in Tron, or the advisors, or investors, buy it, whatever, said that like the reason that they bought it was because to use utilize the P two P protocol, which is bullshit because anybody can use it. That's that's stupid. It's, it's open source, guys. And to build reputation for Tron, which is it was just a play, probably. Like, I don't I don't know what they're buying there. I think they're just I. I I think, they just be, found, I think they just found like a funny technology company that they continue their pump with be because money money laundering could be that could, it could be, be cleaning money. Yeah. Hmm? Maybe. I Possibly. Know. I don't know. Tron's a weird one. I don't know much about it. And it's when I like it's one of the, it's a weird Chinese one. Like it's a, it seems like it that 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 is like that might be the next. I, I don't even want to say like the next this. They're all the same thing. They're yeah. all. But like it's a top. It's like a top 10. It's in, it's in league with EOS and Neo and Cardano and got done. Fucking all this shit. Oh, yeah, dude. We could talk about EOS too, but oh god, that's been. <laughs> oh my god, we have to talk about that. EOS has had a bunch of like well, it's, the the Financial Times article. We, we, oh yeah, so okay, so like the yeah. Financial Times article writes this thing about like how uh, Swift and um, Ripple are slugging it out, which is interesting. Um, but I don't think there's any skepticism in this article at all. It talks about how like some of the criticisms of Swift, which I like, um, which are that like when you have millions of institutions or hundreds of thousands, scale becomes a, a much different thing. And, mm. and and honestly, like they're I think they're looking at Ripple and saying like, does this provide any efficiency? Yeah. And if it does, can we add that efficiency in? Because like if Ripple's just open source project, so I don't think they've like trademarked anything that would make them more efficient. I still I still don't understand why people think they settle. They mm. do not settle. It, that's not how that works. Right. Um, you still need regular weird settlement. Maybe maybe they like get rid of the Nostra Vostra account and they're settling between two banks in the same jurisdiction. Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. Maybe that's a slight slight efficiency increase. I don't know. But I don't see why Swift couldn't just kind of like do routing, like mm. they, they figure out how to like route the the the, the transactions more efficiently. Mm. And there's this claim that like when you send money from a bank, you don't really know how much money is going to end up in like the other person's bank account because it goes through so many institutions. I that's not really true. I like that's not. I've sent international wires. Um, there's there's places where like banks will take a little bit of a vig, like PayPal will take like two percent and on top of like the spot rate, um, you know something like that, mm-hmm. and like that sucks. But like I can send money to Somalia with a, quite a lot of confidence. I can't really send money to Somalia. It's like remit- <coughs> sorry, remittances have been like uh, disappeared there. But like in other places, you can send money with a, a high level of confidence that the amount of money you send on the other side will be roughly equivalent to what you sent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, minus like remittance fees. So like that 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 to me seems like there, there's a lot of claims that Ripple's making that are just in just seem completely obtuse. Mm. And again, I'm still wondering why can't you build the entire Ripple system if you need a bridge currency? You can build it on Bitcoin, mm. which there's more liquidity for. Yeah, 
right? It's like, uh, you know, the thing about the thing about this shit is like there's so, there's so much ignorance about like what like is going on here. Like, it's a lot of ignorance about like finance stuff, like yeah. bank stuff, right? And is that a testament to how fucking complex finance is? Because I feel like you can pull off like before blockchain. Well, I might be speaking on my ass here. Like, it's always the case. In 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 in, in higher and in more difficult industries, like. You think like finance, maybe maybe tech, you can pull off like these types of like we're, we're, we're an awesome operation where you have like the best thing, the best technology, the best new thing. And you you have people like Financial Times authors that, that aren't doing skepticism or not able to like dissect how bad, how this probably doesn't work. It, well, I think but, and they don't understand how complex. I like, think they've lost their way because like the Financial Times started in like I think like the late 1800s as a uh, a pink sheet paper basically mm-hmm. that would like go through all of these claims of you know penny stocks mm-hmm. and basically just analyze them and they're not doing that here in this space they're like they have been doing that isabella did a good job i think of um making sure that that tradition had was maintained and kept but i don't see them doing that anymore mm-hmm. in addition to that i see them giving into a lot of this sjw shit which is like mm-hmm. a huge problem huge Huge problem. And I think that, like, that, that, that says something about the ideology of the, the publication. It says something about the ideology of the writers for the publication. I'm a little bit wary of where that publication is going. Hmm. That's, that's concerning. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know about the financial I mean, like, everything here. I didn't know about it until Bitcoin. Really? Well, of course. Like, I didn't, I didn't, oh, like, it's a big deal. And like, it's like, oh, of, of things to read, Financial Times is interesting to read. Not that I read that often. But, like, oh, it's very, like, finance, economic articles and they seem pretty what was interesting to me is it, like it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a higher caliber periodical they brought up this thing called uh, saga right saga coin yeah you you sent me this yeah the saga. they're claiming that myron shoals uh is is part of the saga coin team i actually emailed myron shoals today to like confirm okay um and i, I you know i i don't know um but like it, it it's fucking crazy to me and what they're saying here is that saga is supposed to be like a and I see this term being used more and more about a stable coin, like like a like a like a dollar or some type of current thing pegged right. token, like tether, to the the SDR, yeah, which is like that basket of currency thing, yeah, for, uh, yeah, out of the World Bank. So like, right. um, I mean, this is interesting. Like Myron Scholes is like he's a Nobel Prize winning economist. He he was one of the authors of the Black Scholes formula. Okay, not 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 the not the film you put in your feet. The Scholes, right? Doc- not that Scholes, like like Doctor Scholes, but like yeah. the, the the Black Scholes formula. It's um, uh, it's it's. I, I think I is it the Black Scholes Merton formula. I, I think it might be the full name or something like that. But like Black Scholes is how we know it. So like, um, Myron Scholes was uh, this prize-winning economist, very smart guy, um, but he, he's not perfect. Like we have this great example in the '90s of a giant mistake that he and his team made which is that he ran this company called Long-Term Capital Management that mm. didn't last very long. <laughs> it wasn't very long. And nearly brought down the entire world's economy with it. Yeah. When they had something like $3 billion under management and $3 trillion in outstanding leverage, mm. and, uh, and, and Russia decided to default on its debts, nearly causing a cascading effect on all of their derivative investments. Yeah. So, uh, and then what, what would have happened was that $3 trillion had the potential to just, poof, mm. disappear. Yeah. It was so bad 
that uh, that Warren Buffett offered them something like two hundred million dollars to buy their three billion dollars in like outstanding, um, uh, you know, basically their their portfolio. Yeah, I think it was two hundred million. And they, they rejected it thinking that they could pull themselves out of it, but like eventually they weren't able to. And all the banks had to get together. We've talked about this a couple times, but like this is interesting because like all of the banks had to get together and, uh, and basically help fund them. There was one bank that really stood in opposition to it, which was I think the, the bank that was extending a lot of their credit stuff. Do you know which bank that was? It's a famous bank. It's, it's By the way, I read in the, one of the few books I've ever re- read, uh, it was the hedge fund book, and they talked about this, but I forget. Yeah. What's, what's the bank? It's a bank known as Bear Stearns. Interesting. So there were a lot of people who thought that like Bear Stearns being allowed to default was an uh, was a revenge uh, against their stance against LTCM like ten years before, 10, 15, 10 to eleven years before. Ha. Huh. Uh huh. It, it was it was it was revenge. It was essentially like you know like oh you you didn't help them like. Bear Stearns kind of gets bailed out. I think they, what they get wrapped into Bank of America or whatever, or J.P. Morgan for right. like a pittance. Um, but yeah, like basically that they were allowed to kind of disappear um, in, in response to their role uh, ten years earlier with huh. the PCM. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh-huh. It might not be true, but it's interesting. But it's also like I'd never heard of Bear Stearns until they collapsed. Yeah, right. Like because you know I was younger, I like I didn't know who they were. But Bear Stearns was. Well, no, but no, nobody, no, nobody knows. Like, right, you, you, have be, be like, you have to be really into this stuff. You do. to like follow it. To It'd know, be like, like if what... Solomon and Brothers like disappeared. I'm like, who? Right, like, like yeah, the Solomon and Brothers. They have like enormous amounts of money well, like, under what's management. That, like, what's that one? Like BlackRock. How many people know about BlackRock? I don't know. That one's a public company. I think most people know about it. Most people touch BlackRock products, unless you're David Hogg. Um, but like, so that's a bad, that's Vi- a bad one. But like, well, like, no, no, p- people don't know it though. Like, Vivint, Vivint uh, Home Security is a BlackRock owned company. Okay. And they have lots of others. Like BlackRock is the is the bank that's going around the nation and buying up as a hedge fund, buying up all of these like if, you know forsaken homes. Um, mm. So like they own a ton of real estate that nobody knows about. Um, I don't. They might be like hugely involved in CBRE, although I don't know. Um, but they have a huge amount of real estate, like residential real estate. They buy in like uh, desolate places. Mm-hmm. They buy in Latin America. They buy probably tons in Florida. But like <laughs> they're they're not. You know, they're all over. Everyone touches BlackRock stuff, yeah. and they don't know it. Whereas, like, with LTCM, that wasn't the case. LTCM was, like, leveraging themselves in order to take advantage of, like, arbitrage opportunities where they were making, like, pennies per trade. And the result was that they were exposing themselves to enormous risk that they didn't think they were exposing themselves to. And then when it went bust and they'd put all of it on black, they went bust. Mm. It was just like it was like a the gambler's fallacy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was a very – it was – yeah. But so, – so I'm, I'm curious, like, like for me, like I look at, like I look at the Financial Times talking about a stable coin, and and my head explodes. I'm like, a stable coin, really? Like we've had this, we've had gold backed, uh, like gold backed shares before. Like the, the, it's not it, like stable coin is a new word that people are using, and it, and it scares me to see someone like Myron Scholes jump on the rhetoric of like stable coin. Um, and well, are, we've we've kind of talked about like like tether. If you can actually have a regulated institution that is like tokenizing dollars, sure. It seems like a, that that might, that might sure work. like fine like a, so a, peg, a peg currency. Like there's, there's some interesting possibilities. And there. I mean, like the likelihood it's than the, li- things. the likelihood that this is like a legitimate organization doing any of this, of course, is very unlikely. But the SDR, like, is this is is this a possibility, or is this or is this there's this project specifically something that might have like a lot of issues? Like we try to do like a, a gold back token or whatever. The SDR is very interesting, okay. right? It's the idea is that it's a, a basket of currencies 
which should expose you to like sort of the financial policies of like sort of the biggest nations in the world, mm-hmm. you know, countries that are interested in having robust finance systems that aren't like fucking over their their countries. Um, so you know that's that's an interesting idea. It's put out by the World Bank, and um, it's all theoretical. It's like where index funds were in like the fifties. I think there was like theories of index funds. People saying that, like an index of sorts would be a great way to like you know provide a benchmark for your people. And then when Vanguard comes around and actually makes the index fund. Um, you end up with this like sort of theoretical coming into the real, which is interesting. So like the SDR right now, theoretical. Someone like reifying the theory, making it real. Um, right. That is that's a really interesting, really interesting thing to do. Maybe blockchain is good for that. I, I don't know, but like I, I will say that like the idea of it being a stable coin. Um, is weird, and the fact that like Myron Scholes is giving out his credibility this way is a little weird. Mm. Um, I, I just don't. They've raised a lot of money. Um, I, I'm very. I'm, I'm. I need to read their white paper. I'm, I'm very curious what their thoughts on it are, or like how they're going to like try to manage this. Mm. <clears throat> but like, I do like the idea of the SDR being tried. I think it's an interesting idea. Um, I don't know what the pitfalls are. Mm. I don't. It's it, like to date, it's been theoretical. Right. So I don't know what happens. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's a very it's it is very huh. It's very very huh. Well because like you're right it's it's an interesting idea. It's it's been theory and will it get tried? If it does get tried is is it going to be on is it going to be on blockchain? Like is is that is that where we're at? I I think I've said it but, I've said it I think I said it a long time ago that like it would be interesting to see an SDR on like counterparty or something like that. Yeah. I think I I I don't know I don't know that that like I don't know that I would think that that's interesting anymore, um, but like well I don't I think what's interesting I mean like uh, counterparty is great and all but like uh, however you want to insert your own me- like immutable metadata into Bitcoin however right like like what I mean if they were going to do the SCR and counterparty I mean to be honest. I don't know why. Like, I would just fork out and just do their own. Like, right. I don't know why you don't just like you, just or, do that. Or just like, write your own implementation. You don't right. have to be in consensus with like the entire Correct. party. You just project. need it to you be SDR. You just you just need to have like the code to it, encode in the way that Mastercoin like, is literally just tether. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. Like that's that's that, that might be the model for that. You don't really want to be plugged maybe, into this. Yeah. You just maybe want like one protocol. Like it, may, it might be that like. Master coin or counterparty are just like the WordPresses of like making your own coin. Yeah, <laughs> just like load it up, make your own coin. Here's a wallet. Yeah, um, that might be the case, and then you just neuter all the functions except like the making of like the SDR. Yeah, um, you know, instead of XCP, but like th- that could very well be, which is in probably actually exactly what it is. But like, I, I do find I, I do find the SDR Although project to be fairly compelling. You might find people popping up that would actually want to trade those tokens, through sure, the decks, and then you'd have like a weird. I but don't know. you probably don't want that. Well, you, well, they don't want that. Yeah, but like you probably neuter the decks shit. You, you, someone else could maybe like tap into it, maybe not. Um, but you could neuter a lot of the APIs and, and any of that stuff. So like, um, you know, you probably can't prevent all of yeah. that, but like you could prevent a large portion of it being like endemic to the protocol. And it'd be, you couldn't really like do it across. Implementations because well, like they 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 probably, they probably encode the, programmers. They, well, well they, they 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 they'd encode the data in the in the the operator turns out like differently than like counterparty. They might so like right. You, it would just be different. Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe they use uh, their own database. I'll take it into this <laughs> blockchain. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Because like you 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 are so many functions that you would just you know it would just go back to like right. 
I, I don't know. So like it's it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting project. Um, I, I like I said, I want to read the white paper, but like Myron Scholes being part of it like scares me because like like he, he I, I he's kind of been in hiding for a while since uh, LTCM exploded. Uh, people know who he is, but I, I don't see him like his name pop up much. So like him him is going it, from he... like LTCM to like lending his credibility to this is a little. <laughs> he goes into hiding because like he wants to like come back when he can like have his reputation. Well, that's the thing. You see, like you and he jumps like... back into like a horrible like right. reputation. Like, yeah, <laughs> woo, like, show my penis. You know, like it's he... my time to come back right. out. I see. I see these bankers like Ken Rogoff trying to get ahead of the like. <laughs> The, the head of uh, ahead of like the trend here and, and write about Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that, and they just don't know what they're talking about on the technical side. Mm. They try to apply economics, but they don't understand how it works. So like it gets a little weird because like they'll say things like hey, Ethereum does X, Y, and Z. I'm like it really doesn't. Mm. And like you know, articulating the difference between a smart contract and a multi sig wallet is like very difficult for people. Even though like well, this one's controlled by code. Like well, yeah, well. <laughs> But so it's a multi-sig wallet. Like th- this is just a multi-sig wallet. The problem is that the Oracle is on the chain itself, yeah. which is retarded. Well, but the thing, but it, it kind of makes sense though too, because like because Bitcoin incorporates so many different fields. Like think of how many technical people, like programmers, have come out in favor of like Ethereum because they don't, they really don't understand the other side of the. Well, they don't. They kinda, so now on this side you have the finance and economic economic. They're field. coming here and they're getting stupid. And they, they're gonna and have they Nobel don't. Prize winners get real retarded. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, what, like I, I want to know what you do as like the Nobel Committee, like when you're looking at economics in like fifteen, twenty years, and you see some kid like Vitalik Buterin, and like maybe maybe Ethereum still hasn't exploded by that time. I, I don't know. Maybe Ethereum is useless, but they like they're going to want to like in the way that CryptoKitties is being said to be the first digital asset, which it's not. Mm. Pepe beat it yeah. by a long shot. Like like something widely used and having you know fun with. Pepe existed long before it. So, like, the way that history has been rewritten to say that CryptoKitties was the first Pepe, um, you may have history rewritten to say that, like, Vitalik Buterin is the reason that we have, like, multi-sig wallets, which will be hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's there's that disgust factor of, like, oh, I hate that idea. But, like... But you know it could very well happen. Oh, yeah. I look at that and I'm like, okay, so they're going to give it to this moron child who, like... That hasn't done anything. Who like I, I hear people say that he inspired us. I'm like he didn't do anything. Yeah. He did something ill advised, and like um, like all he did was create multi sig wallets with an on chain oracle, which is retarded. It's a bad idea. Bitcoin did it long ago. Mm. That's all it is. It's it's a multi sig wallet. Um, so like and you don't you shouldn't get a Nobel Prize for like inspiration. But I could see a world where like he's nominated and as a young kid wins some like economic Nobel long before like Adam Back, who invents hash cash <laughs> and actually like, contributes something interesting to the world. Yeah. Oh god. It goes back to like that whole notion of like all but it it makes me think that like any institution to like I, I would not trust anybody's opinion on anything. Like Yeah, right. Which will I mean that that's that's something that like has been learned through Bitcoin in, in, in recent years. But, like, you think that, like, the Nobel Prize in economics would be able to validate, like, who is, like, has contributed something meaningful to, like, a field. And, like, I could see that world happening. I could see them getting it wrong. And it's, like, no no one can, like, only people that really know that stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, the Black-Scholes formula is really interesting because, like, we credit Myron, uh, Black, Myron Scholes, Fisher Black, and, uh, and I think Merton for uh, coming up with this thing. But, but we talked about we talked about this actually, yeah. right? It was actually it, it, there's a predation of. Well, th- there's probably multiple people that came up with the exact same formula. The difference yeah. is that they, they like they didn't make it public. So a uh, uh, Thorpe who is who is obsessed with gambling is the creator of 
um, Beating the Dealer. He's the author of that book, which is a famous book on how to do card counting. Um, he himself was running what was ex- almost an exact replica of the, of the Black Scholes formula in his own hedge fund and not revealing that to the world. It was one of the few formulas he didn't actually come public with because he was making a shit ton of money on it right. and basically figuring out how he could basically ensure his derivative purchases. So um, the, the Black Scholes formula predated Black Scholes. And the reason that they got credit is because they were the ones that like published it publicly. Mm. And it's interesting because like the the amount of calculus that was involved, I think it was I think Black and uh, Scholes originally um, were unable to do it, so they brought Merton in. I think that was the story. So he basically did all of the calculus, whereas like Edward Thorpe, uh, Edward Thorpe did all all of it himself. He came up with it himself, mm. all alone, and was making money on it himself, and uh, bringing liquidity to the markets himself. Yeah, in an enormous hedge fund, and uh, and and that's. That to me is is a far more interesting fact that like we have given the, the prize to the people that like were there second. Mm. That 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 is really interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like it's because like it was that one guy that had to like know how to do the hedge well, fund, but also like understand like the what's, math. Like, what's more funny? Which about I'm sure that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do both in, let, the, in this world. But like, let me lay this out for you. A yeah. lot of a lot of the things. The, the reason that Edward Thorpe was able to come up with the Black Scholes formula was because of the numerous years, numerous years before that he was obsessed with gambling and how to de-risk himself. Right. Mm. So and 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 the 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 reason that the Black Scholes formula came into existence was largely because of Edward Thorpe's math. That he had laid out for years and years and years. So the reason that it was like when you say that like some 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 things have their time, like the reason the Black Scholes formula had its time, it was time for someone to develop it, is probably because of Edward Thorpe mm. and all of the public work that he did. But he doesn't get by credit using for by, well because well, of his obsession because he right. he was working with like he was he himself was working um, on all sorts of gambling theories. Uh, he worked with Claude Shannon uh, to do a lot of like have, he had a roulette project where he was like he had a, a the, the first they invented the first wearable computer, which okay. they used to go into casinos and try to predict roulette to a degree. Interesting. Like so, they they actually had to develop the computer itself to bring with them into. Yeah, and the weakness in the computer was that its wires were so thin because it had to look like human hair. That it kept breaking on the gambling floor, so they like gave up on the project. But it was the f- the world's first wearable computer. Huh. that's interesting. And it, like I, I look at I look at Edward Thorpe, and he's this guy. He's just kind of like this no name. Nobody knows who he is, uh, other than gamblers. And I, I find his contributions to possibly be like some of the most significant in the twentieth century. And nobody knows who the fuck the guy is. Yeah, yeah, no one would know. <laughs> That's so amazing. That's that, like along with Claude Shannon, like Claude Shannon being like the yeah. inventor of like essentially uh, sending data through wires, you know, in zeros and ones. Yeah. What's so funny is that you couldn't set out to achieve that goal. Like a guy like that had a reason to, to that he needed a like a like in that example needed. Uh, he was just obsessed uh, with gambling. Right. He just wanted to know if he could beat it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's not it's not like they it's not like they came out it's not like someone was like we need to make a, an actual wearable computer it was like we we have a reason why we need a wearable computer and like and, like and, and you look but, at it like the, like the application like, the application of yeah. math to gambling um by Edward Thorpe it, like it spawned tons and tons of amazing stories like there's there's a guy who made multi multi billions of dollars on the racetracks um in I think it was Tokyo or Hong Kong um 
Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong, uh, where he like was was betting on horses as though he were a hedge fund. They would run these models and they would try to figure out the like expected return of uh, of, of of betting schemes that they they, they threw down on horses mm. and like they made a shit ton of money. Um, and a lot of that work was uh, was out of a book I think called Beat the Track or something like that, uh, it, which was a play on Edward Thorpe's book Beat the Dealer. And it was the same type of thing. It was like here you apply like expected return to gambling in a, a way that will help you like beat you know horse racing or beat whatever like system of gambling you're looking for. Right. So I mean, it's to me like I look at Edward Thorpe and he has contributed more in a way that nobody has ever understood, and he has done it without going to prison and without exploding the global economy. So Edward, if you're listening, which you aren't, um, congratulations, thank you. You're one of my weird heroes, and I would love to meet you someday. And oh, and and uh, Warren Buffett loves him, so oh, well, there I, you go. I can I can see that yeah. because it's <laughs> well, yeah, that that's that's so amazing. Apparently, they have like very similar like minds in terms of like the math. Like he's very quick mathematically. I would love to meet Edward Thorpe. I think it would be just a, a real like real pleasure yeah. of all the people. I would like. It's funny to me because like I think people would love to meet like uh, Black or Scholes or you know Merton or you know any of these like big finance guys from the nineties. I think I think of. Of of modern finance, if there was someone I was going to meet, it would be it would be Edward Thorpe, and uh, you know maybe um, uh, Jack, uh, the, the Vanguard guy. Oh, uh, uh, Bogle. Yeah, Jack Bogle. 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 <laughs> uh, like it would be, those would probably be my like two two big picks. Yeah, uh, Bogle because he's pretty humble, um, and I like him. And I think he's like lived years and years of sort of like pragmatic application of finance. And Edward L. Thorpe, because like the dude has just done some amazing stuff. Like out of his own mind have come like thoughts that nobody else had. Yeah. Which is an amazing place to be in the world of finance. But anyhow, um, what's going on with the EOS? EOS has had some hilarious bullshit happening. Yeah. So they, uh, they had, they, in order to activate EOS, they had to like vote in the decision to do it because like it's one of those like we have governance features type of bullshit thing they love governance but they had so many people that bought eos tokens that like weren't active that like they had to like override the protocol like that was that was the first thing that happened right but now and and i haven't like read everything but there's a lot of the eos i guess foundation protocol people larimer Freezing accounts, censoring things, really preventing things going. On. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's it's actually been like a shit show of a. I launch. saw a paper yesterday. They like, have, like, like, remember any accounts that they've like frozen? They yeah. blacklisted them. Like before the DAO, Ethereum was kind of like it was like oh here it is, and it was like it's Ethereum. Uh like Ethereum did have this much trouble when they first like. We're like we're 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 we're. The US was like, like the Holocaust blockchain. Yeah, like, you, like it's true. Though. Like you can like you can go after the Jews and like it was like well my money's not affected. Yeah, that's what's like that's what's going on. Like it seems to me that like you can like go after individual people that you dislike if you can convince like this small set of like uh you know uh, you know validators to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, if you convince them that this person's a bad person, then you can take their money. Yeah, you can freeze it, make it so they can't spend it. Yeah. Um, or for that matter, like if you had Roger Veer on your chain, you didn't like him, he just like freezes shit. Mm. Like, what do you do in a world where like you have node operators who dislike a person who's on your chain? Mm. Well, it's it's through it's, consensus you ban him. Yeah, how well, fucked up? Well, like it, it, there's like weird, like I guess there's like account based. It's it's kind of like Ethereum. It's account based, and like I guess you can override like 
which accounts are transacted or whatever. What's hilarious too is like a th- the Ethereum community really hates this project. Of course. And for all the reasons <laughs> that Bitcoin hates Ethereum. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly, like, it's probably exactly the same reasons. Yeah. It's centrally controlled. But oh, what's yeah, hilarious really is wow. like, it's been more like. Vitalik was friends with Buter or with uh, with Larimer, guys. Yeah. Like, I, they might still be friends. Well, I don't know. Lair, was, they Lair, know each Larimer other. was involved in the same sh- He did the same, like, this whole thing. Like, this is a literal, this is exactly how a Larimer project would go. These are, these are, it's so funny that these are, like, the, the these are relatively early Bitcoin people that failed to understand certain things about Bitcoin and decided that, like, they could do it better. So much so that Larimer is responsible for the goddamn uh, Satoshi, famous Satoshi quote. Right. Yeah. Um... If you don't understand, understand it, I don't have the time, time to explain, explain it to you. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that, that's, that was Larimer. No yeah. one seems to understand that. And even and even if, like, they did understand it, like, they're, well, well, yeah, well, Satoshi wasn't God. Like, okay, he wasn't. But he understood this way, way before Larimer understood it. Mm. He understood a lot of the pitfalls. Pit, yeah. Pitfalls. 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 Um, he understood a lot of the pitfalls. And he was explaining, like, like this, these are things that he thought about. Because Larimer's thinking on this stuff is, like, very, very, very simple. It's not interesting. Um, and it's very basic. Like, why do you need proof of work? Like, I mean, yeah, I guess you don't in, a, in, a, in, in Larimer's world. Yet, like, BitShares had it, problems of its own with stake grinding and everything else early on. And I is think it, it still does, like, he, which is why Larimer left and did DPoS. Yeah. Well, but, but, he, but there was, like, there's a BitShares 2.0. Like, this, is, this isn't even his second rodeo. This right. Is like this is, like, his 12th rodeo. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw someone uh, earlier this week, like, list all of the Larimer projects, and there were, like, four or five projects on there that I'd never heard before. I was like, oh, interesting. Like, there's just so many. Oh my god! The guy has gone from project to project, and, and I hear just his, shit at the I hear wall. his investors go like, "Oh, well, he was very successful," and I'm like, "Well, maybe, yeah, maybe he was." Well, he's a good. I, I don't know he's how good, to like. He's a good pumper in an right. area where like, everyone wants to buy tokens. You, so like, you, you profited. This like, is what you're telling. Like me. Brock Pierce is like on the board of this EOS shit. Like Brock, of course, like I, Brock Pierce probably made a fuck ton of money from it. Well, like, I, I've heard people say that they've met the EOS guys, and they've they've also like they're nutter butters. They're like crazies. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. But, like, I, I think that the people that hang out with Larimer are not the people that I would want in my friend circle. They're not coming to my parties. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Factum this week got another contract as well, which was yeah. really interesting. Well, fa- Factum pops up once in a while with, like, really oh, do. we're doing yeah. this. And it's like, what the fuck? What was this? They got a contract with the Department of Homeland Security? Right. They're doing, uh, they're doing Internet of Things. Oh, go oh, good. Well, they're doing that now. Yeah. So, like, I have, you know, <laughs> I, I tweeted it out and made fun of it because, like, that's what I do. Of and, uh, and, and Paul responded. Yeah, Paul, hold, Paul did. He says, uh, I asked him what the fuck they did with uh, IoT because <laughs> apparently this is like phase four of a project. Um, they're getting like funds subsequently released. I don't think probably five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand dollars. They're so, so good at these like bullshit. Like, oh, we have a we have a government contract. We're like, doing this. So what we did for the Department of Homeland Security is we gave every sensor a digital identity to register on chain with DHS. So first of all. Great. All of our Internet of Things devices are going to be registered with Department of Homeland Security. Excellent. Um, which I'm sure that everyone loves. That's yeah. <laughs> what a weird. I like the idea of DHS uh, being um, the the overseer of all things in your home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like your light bulbs. Like uh, that'll be great. Um, well, well, it's Homeland, so home. Right. So you got to make sure that like yeah. you're using your IoT devices correctly. <laughs> That's great. Uh, hash data as collected into an audit trail per sensor. The result is sensors are trafficked, can't be spoofed, evidence is defined, can't be modified, can't be censored. So, like, now we have a great, like, it's a great use case where you, like, turn on your lights um, or you flush your toilet or you, I don't know, uh, turn on your thermostat 
and the Homeland Security is going to like have a great uh, audited uh, record trail mm-hmm. of you on a internal private blockchain, yeah. which isn't a blockchain. It might be a Merkleized data structure where in your devices are PGP key signing and then sending back the result of that PGP key to a callback database of some sort. I, it's just, this is obtuse. Yeah. A fucking tuse. They're tracked. All sensors are tracked. Can't be spoofed. Why not? Yeah. Like, like I can pretend to poop and my you toilet, could. my yeah. toilet, my toilet can think you I've been, lie. I've been pooping all day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe DHS well, just like, like, <laughs> I like the idea of like, like sending all like IOT data to DHS. So like you have like a, a Z wave, a Z wave based like poop scale in your toilet so that you can like send them like data, like how much your poop weighs yeah. and they can verify it on the blockchain. Like, well, <laughs> I pooped that day. It was seven pounds. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day, three pounds. How do you know? Well, it's, it's a, the Department of Homeland Security is like keeping track of my yeah. poop weights. They, 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 they know how much fiber I'm eating or not eating, you know? Right. So, I mean, to me, this sounds like all that they've done is they have added Z wave con- encryption with a government backdoor. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> like, very funny. <laughs> and something that like, I don't think most Bitcoiners want. I also don't think it's entirely useful, but we will see. Yeah. Paul Sano, good luck to you. I, uh, I cannot wait to find out more about this amazing project. So, and and, and oh, still, we have no Honduras project. There's yeah. no... When Honduras? When Honduras? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on there, Paul? Which is like all, like all the money was raised based on the fact that they were going to have this like giant project in Honduras. Yeah. And uh, and, and they said they were going to do the uh, the the, rec- the home records, housing records, and such on the blockchain, which sounded like bullshit then, sounds like bullshit now, yeah. and happens to have proven to be bullshit. Yeah. Well, you know, Factum, Factum was very early in the ICO game. They were. It just, I, it's funny to see like what they do now. What's and, funny is I, I have a little bit of respect for them at this point because like they didn't do what other companies did. <laughs> well, they didn't raise two hundred million dollars. They raised like ten. Well, they and they didn't like they didn't they did it because they like wanted to justify a token, but they didn't do it because they, they knew it was an easy money play, right? Necessarily, right? Because you because because remember like the BitNation thing, they didn't raise that much at all. No, there was fifteen thousand. Like like <laughs> like there's a lot of. Although like, I wonder if BitNation is like recently because I heard they were going to do an ICO. They probably are. Well, they all everyone's doing tokens, but like now that like I'm thinking about it, there were. A few projects that did the token thing that just weren't like the tokens didn't raise that much money. Storage did uh, their token thing on Counterparty that uh-huh. didn't raise a fuck ton. Uh uh-uh. Well, I mean, you you were here. I mean, ICOs in the early days were like ICOs to like uh, you know Bitcoiners. So like you know we were the only ones that knew about this, and like you could sell your ICO to like you know Bitcoin guys, and you'd make you know three or four million dollars, maybe five million dollars, mm-hmm. and that would be like just a fuck ton of money. We were all amazed that you could make five million dollars selling a bullshit ICO token. Yeah, um, they weren't really called ICOs at the time either. There was um, what were they fucking called? Initial? There wasn't initial coin offering. No, 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 no. Uh, token sales, like token sales, token sales. I think that was like app really coins, what we called app it. tokens, app tokens. Like I remember later. hearing, a, I remember hearing some panel conversation, like a like talking about like. Like app coins and like how you could use app coins, in in a very early, like way way back. Like remember, um, like let's talk Bitcoin and like the LTB network, like those tokens that he that he was like issuing and shit. I mean, like they got early like the folding coin guys. Oh, folding coin was a good one. Well, what I'm saying is like like yeah, like they've been around, but they've just, they've just done like different things and like it's just I I, I don't know what the original like token thing. 
token sale was. I mean, to be honest with you, like the 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 one that was the biggest that was very like structured like the uh, Chronic sales was, was Ethereum. Like, and I remember because I remember buying like that pre-sale where you had to like you had to send the Bitcoin in and then you had to like you know write down like the private key or store it or whatever and like all that data. And it was very like you know send send us your Bitcoin and you'll get Ether. Like yeah. you'll get this amount of Ether. There were months like uh, like after a few months like you'd get less Ether. So like there was an incentive to buy like buy more early on. Um, and I, I, whatever the subsequent ICOs were, they, it was structured that way, you know? So, so dude, I, I, I was in Panama this week. Um, I was there to talk. I, I was uh, Jason Silbert, Silbert, Seabert, Seibert, J- Jason, Jason Seibert, um, a good friend of ours. And, uh, I, I, you know, hopefully he doesn't listen to the show cause he'll hear me call him Jason Silbert, which mm-hmm. is, would make him a relative of, uh, Alan and. Barry, but uh, but Jason Seibert is doing an internship down in Panama mm-hmm. with a bunch of lawyers. He's doing a, an amazingly cool project called Radix, um, where they are basically trying to like you know give people templates that you can actually apply as a contract, not a smart contract, but like a real contract that you could actually write for things like goods and services. So mm-hmm. I think it's actually a pretty cool project. Um, he's down there like basically training interns to help him come up with the content. I think it's a really cool project. Um, he put together a little like uh, conference, not a conference, more of like a summit where there was like three of us on stage. It was me, um, a guy named Ira, who is of, uh, of Quinnipult, good friend of Eric Voorhees. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a, that was a, Quinnipult was like doing like, um, like secure. I'm trying to remember which one. I don't remember. Was. It was, it was Voorhees' early project, but they were like, based in Panama and they yeah. were doing like, um, it might've been just a wallet. Uh, I don't, it was I don't, like a, maybe like a cold sword. It wasn't something, or something, it wasn't like something, it wasn't something, something I needed, but like, yeah. like they, they think they, I think they actually like sold the company and did pretty well. Um, and then in, in addition to that, <laughs> David Silver was there, the lawyer who's like suing, he's like suing everybody. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> like suing Coinbase. He's suing, uh, he's, he's the big Kraken. firm lawyer. I think he said Kraken. Um, Kraken. Lawyer. Yeah. yeah. He's like suing everybody. Just like going after every goddamn like company in the blockchain space, which is very funny to me. Yeah. Um, so he was there. We were, we were, uh, at one point we were like up in this like residence in, uh, in Panama and we get in this elevator and we start like the elevator starts going down and like, you know, you know how it is. Like you're a guy, you like, before you get in an elevator, you let out your farts, you know, it's like, it's like a rule it's unspoken, but everyone knows you do it cause you don't want to get into the elevator and like fart it out. Yeah. Um, or, or you just like hold your butt and you wait till like it opens, but like it's impolite to fart in an elevator. So we get into the elevator and, uh, and I didn't do that. That's good. Right. It was, it was only nice three floors. No, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't pre-fart. Oh, you farted in the elevator. No, no, I didn't fart in the elevator. I just didn't pre-fart. And, uh, and what happens is about two and a half floors down, we get, we have to go to the first floor from the third floor and the two and a half floors, it stops Uh-oh. and the elevator gets stuck. Oh no. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, it, like it's me, David Silver and, and this girl who like was showing us around, um, very nice girl. And, and I'm sitting there like in the, like with like the biggest stomach ache, just needing to like let it out. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I push the door open. I look through like the mechanisms on like the outside door. I figure it out and I open it up and, and like David Silver shoots out the elevator. Cause this thing's, this oh, there's like 85 degrees. It is hot as fuck. Meanwhile, I'm yeah. sitting there like holding my ass thinking I'm going to like fart it out. So like the girl gets out and then I get out and I, I like, the reason I tell the story is is mainly because I think I saved their lives. Okay, I'm pretty sure that they would have died of nauseous fumes had I like stayed in there another like 30 seconds. So right, they would have farted. I, they would have. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Coinbase. I'm sorry, Kraken. I could have killed the man 
who is coming after you. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I, I instead let him out of the elevator. We all slipped out. I think it's inadvisable, by the way, to like get out of the elevator when it's in between floors. I think that's how you get cut in half. I've seen videos of that happening to yeah. people, and it it's it seems like it ends badly. Yeah, that's probably not the best. Yeah, thing to do. but especially like, especially when you're not like in the U.S., where like where standards exist. I, I feel I feel like I feel like I'd be I feel safer in elevators than like in you know China. I was or, just thinking like as I was like scooting out, I was like if this thing falls and then all of a sudden my head is like right there and I like there, yeah, there's John Seth with like no done. head. Yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that again. Yeah, that was a little risky. But uh, but I didn't it, fart in the elevator, so like that that, did, that well, is that didn't happen, and you all made it out. Everybody you, everybody was safe for sa- it, and you saved you saved a saved part, two part of the Bitcoin system. I saved three lives. Now he can continue suing can continue, and coming can, after. Right. So so uh, yeah. David, um, thank you for your contribution to the Bitcoin space. I think that you are extracting value where it needs to be extracted, um, and I'm very 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 happy I didn't kill you. Yeah. And instead, save your life. So, uh, okay. That, I think, is our show today. Uh, Do we have anything else? Is that it? Um, I don't think so. Thank you for listening. It was as bad as I would have expected. Um, I love you all. Sean, where where can people find you? Uh, I think the best place to find me in the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo, where where we hang out. Right. On Telegram. And? And Camp (laughs) 4. Can't forget that. And this is John Seth. I'm also in the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo. If you would be so kind, please go on to iTunes and rate us a one star. Um, I, I, I don't want people finding the show. And I think we have a lot of one star. I think I need to build up the one star ratings just in case someone happens to like the show mm. and rate us four stars. I want us to be at the bottom of the heap. Uh, thank you all for contributing in that way. Uh, this is John Seth. And uh, chunking up the deuce of the south, the mass is going to go in peace. And Catherine, pray for